Albuquerque's macro aggression. Eddie Aragon, the Rock of Talk. Tuesday or Monday afternoon, I'm Eddie Aragon, the Rock of Talk on EM1600, KIVA, BQ.FM, RockofTalk.com, 550-5500. I'm already on Tuesday, looking at stuff for tomorrow. Uh, your allergy journal can't seem to put anything together, uh, by the way. It's the thinnest paper, and everyone's all up to screwing up the entire world all over again. I mean, uh, things were going good. Like, not even the top of the new our news is any good. Uh, it, it's just It's just terrible. Like, you know, follow everything up with, I don't even know what that Wendy's commercial was. I don't know why that that is there. You know, I, I, I got to tell you, folks, it doesn't look good going into the fall at all. 22, 2022 is already a forgettable year, in my opinion. And I think it should be a forgettable year because I don't think it's going to go quite as good as you are all hoping it's going to go. Uh, don't forget, we're on Roku TV, Amazon Fire, Apple TV Podcasting. Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spotify, when I get around to it, it, to be quite honest, I mean, you know, once the, the news of the queen hit and we have to take care of that stuff, I got to tell you, it's it's annoying as all get out. Uh, I, I'm just put off because it's a necessary thing that we have to cover, but I get criticized because I have to cover it. And then, you know, we're covering it all weekend and in the midst of all the queen and all the pomp and circumstance of everything that is uh, being covered, what are we doing? Well, we forget about 9-11. So you never forget happened with the uh, first, uh, literally the very first uh, group of people that is entering college that don't, or graduating from college that don't remember 9-11. They have no idea. So we forgot about that. We forgot how good things were. We decided to screw it all up on purpose. Um, I'll tell you about how all of that's working out. It's very easy. You know, you guys are celebrating these little Ukrainian victories. You, you remember, her, ever hear the expression, uh, win the battle, lose the war? That's what's going to end up happening. And we're going to jump in there because these are the harbingers of things to come. You got our notes. I sent them out ahead of time uh, to kick off the show. So you get those uh, right at four o'clock. So you have all the notes for today. And we're going to uh, stay on task. We got D. Dowd Muska uh, in as well. And uh, he is uh, joining me from across the city. Now, I, I got to tell you this uh, first topic, first segment. I just I, I want to qualify this by letting you know that Vladimir Putin, as you just heard, still has the upper hand, and it is going to wreak havoc in Europe. It is absolutely going to wreak havoc in Europe. You've got energy bills that are literally 300 400%, and you guys are talking about football. Nobody cares about Tom Brady. Nobody cares about the Cowboys. Nobody cares about this stuff. You're acting like there's nothing bad that's going to happen, and you're not prepared. You heard my conversation with Greg Zanetti on Friday. It, it, it's not going to come back. The housing market, uh, Albuquerque is doing fine, by the way. 98 cities down. We'll talk about that tomorrow, okay? There's some good news here. We're insulated, but it has a lot to do with the welfare that's handed out and the $26 billion dollars which are practically guaranteeing Michelle Lujan Grisham's re-election victory here this year. 57 days to go. I'm, I'm already tired of the election. I'm, I didn't even know that that was possible. All I heard was one 
anti-Mark Ronchetti speech after another anti-Mark Ronchetti commercial after another, like the attacks on Mark Ronchetti are all over every single subscription. I don't care if it's YouTube or Hulu or wherever you get your commercials on. Of course, they're going to want this. Of course, they're going to want to interrupt your Netflix. Of course, they're going to want to interrupt your your Hulu. I, I binge watch 9-11 for seven straight hours that was on Hulu because I had to do something to remind myself of Patriot Day. That was an important day. That was a, a day. We should be off of work today. There should be a uh, morning in the streets. We should be talking about what happened on that day. And yet, you know what? We're not, we're, we're going to forget all about that. But yeah, we'll be off for Indigenous Peoples Day, won't we? After you renamed our little holiday. All right. Now that I get all that off my chest, I did take off uh, to El Paso this weekend. Uh, the intent was to go to Carlsbad Caverns, which was closed. You might want to go ahead and uh, let us know before we head on down there that uh, we could go ahead and go in. Oh, yeah, the roads were closed on in, and they weren't taking people on that particular day. Oh, okay. You know, you, you take a trip with your kids, you look that up, but no notice, nothing anywhere. And on top of that, the water slide at the hotel that we stayed at in El Paso also closed. You might want to make a note of that on Expedia to, before people decide to. you should see the number of disappointed patrons. They don't care. Everything is your problem, your fault. Oh, you know, that's what we do every year. That's standard. They, they throw the book at you. You wait 45 minutes uh, to, to an hour to go ahead and get something. The Lobos lost on Friday night, though. There was a pretty poor tur turnout for a pretty decent game. And uh, I do want to talk about that maybe a little bit later on uh, in the week. It was a Friday night game. I was happy to see a few of you guys uh, over there. Now, now that we got uh, some of that stuff out of the way, does not look good for Europe. And you must pay attention to that because this is something that was totally preventable. We got rid of Keystone. We got rid of XL. We decided to go ahead and start a war with Ukraine. I mean, the Ukrainians started to start a war with uh, their NATO expansion, knowing full and well what was going to happen, especially after 2014 in Crimea. And then on top of that, you've got 30, 40, 50% pullback. The Russians trading only in rubles going forward when it comes to them selling stuff off. And you're like, oh, well, look, look how weak Putin is. Look at the, the number of territories he's giving. You know what he's not going to be giving? He's not going to be handing out any energy to the world at this point. And there's not enough money, either from Germany or Greece or Italy, to pay for the huge numbers of energy costs that are already hitting. <clears throat> Here we go. In Italy and other European countries, painful energy costs and double-digit inflation rates that go with them are propelling economies toward uh, recession, just as they're reaching their pre-pandemic economic strength. In a note about Italy published Thursday, ING Economics said the expanding negative energy shock is going to initiate a recession from the third quarter, and we're likely to see a GDP con contraction through the fourth quarter. We've already had two contractions in the United States. We are hitting a depression in January. There is zero doubt about it in my mind. It's inevitable at this point. Rising natural gas prices are also keeping inflation higher for longer. Terrified retailers across Europe, some of them already shutting their doors, are the harbinger of hard times to come. 
brewers, pub owners are warning that thousands of pubs will close this year as energy costs become unaffordable. The energy price cap that applies to British households does not apply to businesses, making them totally exposed to rising costs. Reisted Energy, a Norwegian energy research firm, said that August was the most expensive month on record for European power prices, and there's no easy way to bring down energy costs for businesses or households. Politicians up for re-election are getting nervous that voters are facing energy poverty will use the ballot box to retaliate. As long as prices remain at relentlessly high levels, three things will happen. Small businesses will go bankrupt in potentially vast numbers. The recession will be deeper and longer and support for Ukraine's fight against Russia will fade away for fear that the longer the war lasts, the longer atrocious energy prices will remain. No more war, please, says Mr. DeStefano. Let me tell you who's not going to be pulling back from that war, and that is Russia. We're going to talk about France. We're going to talk about the battle back with an attempt to try and restrain costs. And we haven't even hit this point yet. You got, uh, I think, Goldman Sachs uh, laying off 800-plus people. They're not exactly sure the numbers that are coming in. We've already talked about the 100,000 that are never going to be filled jobs for Amazon, the shuttering of 60 warehouses, folks. All of the signs are there, and you're talking about football, and you're likely going to re-elect Democrats. There is no hope if we get this wrong. And this isn't the most important election, okay? Stop saying that. Back after a quick break. Senior in the Kiva. I uh, went to a concert last night. Bush, uh, what was it? Breaking Benjamin, which was uh, pretty awesome. I should uh, say. And then Allison Chains, boy, quite the uh, event last night. Hadn't been there since the Coldplay concert, I believe, in 2017 or 2018. Uh, but uh, there you go. Dad, how are you? I'm well. Had a good weekend. Uh, gave the girls a bath, which is always uh, entertaining with. My girls gold, and your dogs. One, one golden retriever being very good about baths and one golden retriever being very bad about baths. And wrapped up a little medical issue I had, a little cosmetic thing that caused no major problems, but something that had uh, was a concern of mine. And my sister gave me multiple lectures over the birthday trip that I need to have it looked at. And uh, I'm in the clear, healthy, hale and hearty and healthy at 50. There you go. All right. Uh, the Justice Department has seized... The phones of two Trump aides and issued 40 subpoenas seeking information related to the 2020 election. It's never going to stop. It'll never stop. It's never going to stop. Just understand they are incessant. They're let up. Steve Bannon, uh, he's in the same place that Alex Jones is as far as I'm concerned right now. I have no use for him. I went through all the details. What happened with Steve? I was going to read and cover it and say, well, you know, maybe we should back Steve Bannon and what he's doing. No, hell no. Hell no. They took a bunch of money from people. He got involved with this uh, private uh, enterprise to build the wall, and he literally took money from these people who were trying to build the wall with, you know, finish the wall, finish the wall. And, and let me tell you, I'll just make it really simple. All you have to do is find someone to turn somebody else in and testify against that person, and there you go, Bob's your uncle. You've got you know, the, the IRS, the FBI, the CIA, they're all too lazy to do their own homework, but once they find that they can turn somebody against you, 
they'll just ride that person until, you know, all of it comes tumbling down. And that's what's going to end up happening with this whole thing. I was very, very hopeful for Trump, but I am not very hopeful uh, right now with the way that things uh, continue uh, to look. I don't know where the coming out portion is on all this or the fairness. There is no fairness. There is no fairness. There is no justice. And this, of course, is the Great Reset. So because it is the Great Reset, uh, I've been doing uh, an extensive amount of reading on exactly that. Glenn Beck's book uh, finished a book while I was on the road uh, this weekend. And I got it. I got decidedly negative on this and did even more reading and more reading. I'm like, okay, now I understand what was happening with the G7 countries when they're making sure that they're all liberal right? Liberal leaders, whether it's Canada, whether it's Britain, whether it's, um, you know, Macron, right? And then, of course, you got Joe Biden. They're all leading out of George Soros's hands, okay? They're all doing the bidding of the World Economic Forum. Interesting little uh, video on not just anybody can join the World Economic Forum. There's a man with $20 million with, uh, who had the $500,000 what it takes to join the World Economic Forum and could not join the World Economic Forum. Yep, could not do it because, well, they do the whole background check and everything. You've got to be somebody whose politics are left, way left of center. Now, that being said, Macron and the rest of the G7 leaders get the marching orders, okay? And they're not telling you explicitly what's happening, that they are in control and that this is what they are doing on purpose. They're telling you like it's out of their control. Macron says, after a summer marked by drought, massive wildfires in rural Ukraine, Emmanuel Macron delivered a stark speech on Wednesday, that was last Wednesday, at the first cabinet meeting following the summer holiday break, warning of tough months ahead as the world faces a possible end of abundance. That's planned. That is planned. This from France 24. Okay, you've got all the links in the notes. I believe that we're in the process of living through a tipping point, he states, or great upheaval. He's telling you that they are doing this on purpose. They could have made, if they didn't all agree to this green new energy deal, if they didn't all agree to, well, we're going to reduce our carbon footprint, if they didn't all commit to these types of things, these types of things would not be happening right now. But instead, they've decided to put their agenda ahead of everything. And there will be a depopulation. It's already happening naturally. We were, we were well into the twos. And now here in this, uh, tur- after the turn of the century, we're in the 1.7, 1.6. In the case of Japan, I think it's 1.2. What could seem like the end of abundance. This is classic gaslighting. You're going to hear this more and more. Do your part. Be responsible. Don't consume too much. It's disgusting. The moment we are living may seem to be structured by a series of crises, each more serious than the other. Yes, that's because you're doing, all of you guys are doing it on purpose. You referred to the droughts, fire, storms that have hit France during the summer, as well as the Ukraine war and disruptions to global trade, right? The, the number of megawatts, 50,000 megawatts are being used in California, being consumed on that. Day. It was hotter during the middle of the summer. How did they suddenly do it? How are they getting you all to buy electric cars? How are, They're steering the herd through gaslighting and programming. Understand that. I love this one. Dowd, freedom has a cost. 
urging his ministers to be ambitious to accept the new policies. Yes. The battles we have to fight will only be won through our efforts. There it is, your commitment. Fascism on its way. Command, control, dictatorship on its way. What are they using? The one thing we all need to move around, which is energy. They're getting rid of the cap on energy price. We shouldn't have anything that's artificial like caps or regulations or quotas or anything. It's a market. One of the reasons why things cost more is you start curtailing people's usage. The kids over the Albuquerque public schools, they go home and they teach their parents, mom, you're using too much water. Dad, you're using too much electricity. You need to plug this in. Why aren't you more responsible? No. You literally are being taught by the next generation who is being brainwashed for problems that did not and should not exist. The French government will present legislation to speed up energy infrastructure projects. Hence, uh, (laughs) what does that mean? Yeah, we're going to make sure that you are doing what we say when it comes to using energy, and then you'll be penalized. Pension and unemployment benefit reforms are also in the works. You will work for a union. Remember, there's this move to the union. We need strength to negotiate. Those unions, mark my words, those unions will be sold off to all the government. They'll be working hand in hand, and that, by the very definition, is fascism. Europe heading for a recession as the cost of living crisis deepens. How bad is it? It's a gloomy outlook. It's horrible. Businesses are shutting down. No one's reporting on it. No one. It's all happening right now. Each of the governments is spending anywhere between 2 to 3% to artificially give money out so that they can buy gas so they can move around for the time being. It is going to roll to a stop. The euro dropped below 99 U.S. cents for the first time in 20 years last Monday after Russia said the gas supply is down its main pipeline to Europe and would stay shut indefinitely. Oh, you're cheering on Ukraine? You're cheering on cutting off your own neck. Hand the Ukraine over to the Russians, folks, if you want to live at this point, okay? Ukraine isn't worth salvaging. It is one of the most corrupt governments in the world, run by a comic of an actor, Vladimir Zelensky, who is on the New York Stock Exchange ringing the bell last Monday. Gas prices on the continent soared as much as 30% last Monday, stoking fears of shortages and reinforcing expectations for a recession and a bitter winter as business households are battered by sky-high energy. And what's happening? As they're preparing for the gloomy winter, people are looking to the government to make more of the solutions. That, 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 that's the wrong solution. It has to be up to the market. It has to be up to the people. Russia is absolutely throttling Europe's supplies of all energy at this point. Pipeline exports of natural gas to Europe are way down. From the Ukraine, from Belarus, there isn't enough to supply at this point. And they're preparing for a giant shock. What do they need to do to go ahead and combat it? Well, according to The Economist, boost gas storage levels, diversifying energy sources. That isn't going to work. What are we going to look for? More wind? Solar? What about the carbon footprint of putting those together? Encouraging demand reduction and rationing. Let me tell you, the government is really good at rationing and controlling. 
And they're going to do a complete and total step down at this point and making sure that people are going to live through this. We already had one lockdown during COVID. This is lockdown number two, all part of the great reset to change your behaviors for the future. And you're going to think that you're acting rationally and you are not. You're acting rationally in an adaptive environment, which means that this is not natural. We had a perfect world right up until March of March 13th of 2020. And then we decided we weren't very happy because we didn't like the type of person that was making everything such a huge success. The unemployment rate lower than it currently is right now. Yet you have your current president who's running around bragging about it at the very same time that we have three million less jobs. These politicians are corrupt and they're using your money and trying to make you feel secure. They've got record revenues. The dollar has never been stronger. If we start rationing gas, it's over. It is absolutely over because with the rationing of gas by the government, they're going to pick the winners and they're going to pick the losers. And it's already going to happen in Europe first. And that's exactly what is going to happen here. It's the same leadership with the same ideas, folks. It is going to send us into an economic crisis. You must be prepared for at this point. By us shutting down Keystone and XL, we could be hammering it out. We could be making more money. But instead, what did New Mexico do? We decided to go ahead and curtail all our production and no longer do the gas leases anymore. Back after a quick break, we'll talk about those corrupt politicians who are giving up the goodies just in time for the election. Well, um, there's a guaranteed income. It's becoming more and more an I- of an idea that I think uh, people are going to be on board with because they forgot how to work. They got you to be dependent upon the government. And this is a time for election. They're going to remember. Yes, I remember when Congresswoman Stansberry or Deborah Holland or Michelle Lujan Grisham, and they were so incredibly generous with us, Dowd, and you know, they made sure that uh, we were okay and we made it through COVID. And we, they were always there for us, Dowd. And when they were done with that, they took the name Squaw off all geographical places in the American West. There it is. Um, it's about time for the election. And uh, they're going to come and tell you what they did for you uh, with your money uh, or <clears throat> other people's money, I should say. It's not, we can't just say it's like, it's a whole class warfare now, right? It's, uh, universal basic uh, income is here just in other forms. And uh, I put a little bit of this uh, stuff together. Uh, so you should listen to what this is because this isn't reported on. This is simply, hey, remember what we did for you during election time. Remember. And, and folks, it is going to be another blue dominant election at this point as far as I can tell. I don't see it going any other way, okay? And there's just way too much money being spent. And they also get to use all of their House seats, all their Senate seats. They get to use all their power, all the, the reallocate all the money for their pet projects. I mean, these, these people are so hell-bent on winning. They're going after Jeremy Gay because he hasn't lived here long enough. He, he's, he's a serviceman. <laughs> 
like what whatever you, like they don't there's nothing sacred for these people whatsoever they're disgusting human beings and here's what they're doing let's start from the top shall we Dow? state now offering both renters and homeowners assistance launching a consolidated effort for emergency housing programs. Michelle Lujan Grisham says herself, my administration has been focused on helping New Mexican residents through these past difficult years. As part of that support, over 167 million in assistance has been provided to renters in just the past 15 months. Through these expanded efforts, we'll be able to provide support to renters and homeowners, right? Not uh, investors, not people who own the actual homes. No, no, no. The people who are guaranteed to certainly vote for Democrats. How do we know this? Well, we know what they prey upon. We know that they lie and they uh, consistently market to low information voters. Throughout the life of this program, we've been consistently recognized nationally for innovative approaches to address housing during the pandemic. Um, By innovative, do you mean the uh, last to actually get rid of it? No, this, folks, is this past month they're continuing to hand money out so that people don't have to pay rent keeping them stupid at home smoking dope right oh recreational cannabis it's the thing it's record revenues well we've got 40 million but there you smoke the dope get the money vote democrat i think that's about right out i think i'm uh, nailing that uh, right about right yeah, we give you the welfare, you give us the political support. That's it. Human Services Department. Oh, look at the happy family all together. Oh, look at them. Just a nice little picture. Program will help to lower the cost of broadband for eligible households struggling to afford internet service. What the hell are those people going to read? They won't read. The literacy rate, what do they need broadband for? For more videos and indoctrination? The New Mexico Human Services Department announced it's working to help build customer awareness about the Affordable Connectivity Program. The $14 billion Affordable Connectivity Program provides a discount of up to $30 a month towards internet service for eligible households. That's basically, <laughs> that's basically free internet. They are buying them internet for 1.1 million customers who qualify to pay less for internet services because a d- doubt one of the hu- basic human needs is is connecting to the internet now. Broadband is a right. Yes. <clears throat> Shall we continue? Martin Heinrich gets in on the action. New Mexico congressional Democrats announce. 145 million infrastructure law for tribes to deploy broadband infrastructure. Separate program, separate program. NTIA is awarding federal funding to the following tribes. $26 million to Asleta, $57 million to Santa Fe Indian School. The Hickorias are getting a cool $7 million, $12.7 million to Santa Domingo, and $43.9 million to the Mescalero, which is the richest tribe in the state. Do they need this? No, but it guarantees them what? It guarantees that they will continue to vote the way that they have been voting. There is no other, no other reason for doing this. Just for your information, folks, everything Eddie's reading, these were all announcements I compiled within the last month alone. Just in the last month alone, this list. Stansberry applauding $19 million in additional federal school meal funding. God, what do you have to pay for if you live out in rural New Mexico? 
Well, must must be nothing because I see half of rural New Mexico eating in the city of Albuquerque. Half of them don't have any manners, don't know how to eat with a knife and a fork, ravage these poor restaurants, demand this stuff. I mean, it's disgusting. Some people should really learn how to uh, eat when they get to a restaurant. I'm not, you know who I'm talking about. 19 million in additional federal school meal funding. U.S. Representative Melanie Stansbury announced that school meal programs will get an estimated 19 million additional funding June Stansbury took the House floor to urge her colleagues to prevent a hunger cliff facing students without the extension of federal school meal waivers. She helped pass the Keep Kids Fed Act to ensure that schools can continue providing meals for students despite ongoing supply chain issues. Oh, it's always the supply chain, right? We can always blame somebody else. Oh, it's a universal excuse now. (laughs) For whatever it is. She is the member, member, Dowd, of something called the bipartisan House Hunger Caucus oh. and led efforts to the New Mexico State Legislature to eliminate school meal copays and convene the state's hunger task force. No more lunch shaming. No more lunch shaming. Mm, yeah. More stuff. More handouts. More deliveries, right? We can uh, deliver. We're going to talk about drugs. You can deliver recreational cannabis yeah, to people's homes. Yeah. Isn't that awesome? Uh, let's see. 303000 for uh, food assistance. Approximately 303,000 in pandemic electronic benefit transfers. PEBT will be issued to cover meals. K through 12 at 7, 10 a day. Well, like, what do you have to actually pay? Why go to work when your kids are getting fed by the government, when your broadband's already being taken care of, when your housing assistance is paying full? And this isn't even including Section 8. This isn't including your normal EBT cards that you're using. And you're getting a kickback for money for gas. The $1,200. Did you forget about that, too? I mean, these Democrats, they don't buy votes. They buy people. Look where you live. Why don't they take care of the homeless that's out there since they're handing out so much money? Oh, well, speaking of homeless, we've got uh, Mayor Tim Keller joining in with uh, celebrating with Stansbury. For nearly $12 million in bipartisan infrastructure law for downtown trail project. This dated uh, down August the 23rd. Another DOT, another uh, project convened by your Democrats who are bringing home the bacon from Washington, D.C. That's right. At the Department of Transportation, we believe that no matter where you live or how you travel... Everyone deserves to get around affordably and safely. We're proud to award $12 million to build the Albuquerque Rail Trail, a one-mile urban trail that will reduce emissions. No, no, not transportation. We're here to reduce emissions, prevent deadly crashes, and give people who bike a better, safer way to get around the community. So many bikers. So many, see all the health, health nuts out there on their bikes? The drug dealers on their bikes? Well, Eddie, I think it's entirely realistic, according to Lonely Girls <laughs> Flack here, uh, the goal is to, quote, transform downtown Albuquerque's rail corridor into a vibrant and artistic urban trail that creates opportunities for economic development, healthy recreation, and cultural expression. It all sounds wonderful. And finally, uh, Ben Ray Lujan, no, he did not uh, get, a st- get a stroke from the vaccination, folks. No, At the, contrary to all the rest of the strokes that are happening, uh, <laughs> Undeniably, his was not related to the uh, vaccination that he had just a few days before he stroked out. He joined the New Mexico Agricultural Secretary, Jeff 
White or Wit to host a roundtable discussion with the New Mexico agriculture industry, which has actually been ravaged. To discuss priorities regarding the next version of the Farm Bill. Here we are, handouts. As a member of the Senate Committee on Agriculture, Nutrition, and Forestry, Senator Lujan will play a critical role in shaping the legislation, ensuring it better serves the needs of the New Mexico agricultural producers and consumers. Where are all those farmers? Where are all the oil men? Where are all the people that are out in rural New Mexico? Well, let me tell you, they're not hanging out in rural New Mexico anymore. They moved on to Texas or the ones that like the government cheese have decided to move to the city of Albuquerque and start smoking pot. Reauthorized every five years by Congress, this piece of legislation ensures the federal government work collaboratively with farmers, ranchers, and rural communities to provide access to important programs to promote and strengthen the U.S. agricultural economy. Here you go, folks. All the rationing, all the things that are happening in Europe, none of that stuff is going to be addressed because once these Democrats have you on the hook and they know that you're dependent upon them, they can tell you how much you're going to get the next time and the next time and the next time. And it's going to be far less. And once the federal government stops handing out the money the way that it currently is, because it can no longer afford it, then what's going to happen? 550, 5500. Dowd, your thoughts in 15 seconds? Uh, just uh, that, that small program we spoke about, uh, folks, the PEBT, that was for a reimbursement to households who had kids in school because they didn't get enough subsidies back in February, March for school lunches. It never, ever ends, does it? They made them whole. Back in three, thanks for listening. Monday afternoon. Well, these uh, corrupt criminal politics, and you're welcome for the show notes. I hope you guys like that. So you follow along with the show and get all that stuff. And, you know, people really like it. Let me read a couple of quick texts. There was a dude sleeping at Shellwood Park near Indian School. Guess he wants to live in a nice neighborhood too. Like I, Shellwood Park is not a nice neighborhood. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I know you guys think you live like in the sort of uh, professor ghetto. Shellwood uh, is not a nice neighborhood. It's a very woke neighborhood. But it, it is not a nice neighborhood. I would not agree with that uh, at all. So if you find homeless people there, they're there because it's not a nice neighborhood. Uh, Grisham is full of hot air. Put a wind turbine in front of it and power the whole state. Okay. There's a, I, well, I'm sort of beyond jokes at this point because nothing, none of this is stuff is funny. If there's a way to collect the methane coming out of, well, and yeah, we're not going to say that. A little graphic. Let's be honest. The average New Mexico voter is an idiot. I've always voted Democrat. I always will. There's no need to bribe them. Um, <clears throat> I actually disagree. Uh, you have to continue to give them things because they only wait for the very next thing. Remember, if you are drunk and behind the will and you're an elected Democrat politician, guess what? Nothing. Nothing has happened to Jacob Candelari. No, he's he's not a Democrat. He's an independent. Unbelievable. Eddie, thank you for the show preview. You're welcome. Uh, Eddie, could the Iron Curtain headed towards Europe from France to Ukraine and pull into Europe? I don't know what that means. On Sunday, I had a very honorable day at Citizens Church. First thing we did was remember September 11th. Pastor Dustin gave a fantastic sermon on God's purpose for our lives. Um, Switzerland mulls a three-year imprisonment to Dowd for people who heat homes above 66 degrees Fahrenheit Indeed. amid the energy prices. 
Yes, indeed. Um, Switzerland, I, I did some research on this. Uh, according to the uh, World Economic Forum, I, I don't want to focus on them too much because these crazy greens have been pushing this for decades, but the World Economic Forum and their 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 Nazi-like uh, leader is just so it encapsulates such a wonderful image. Uh, on the, they call it the Energy Transition Index, ETI. Switzerland is rated fourth from the top on their energy transition index out of 115 countries, Switzerland is number four, and they are now considering jailing and fining people who turn their heat up beyond 66 uh, Fahrenheit. Uh, they're number, Switzerland doing very, very well. They're number four. Only Sweden, Norway, and Denmark are ahead of them on the Klaus Schwab uh, Follow My Path Index. And folks, before you think this is crazy Europe, I, so, I said there's 115 countries on that list. The United States is 24th on that list. Awfully high. What, uh, if California were a country, it'd be number one, probably. Well, probably, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very high. Uh, <clears throat> speaking of uh, criminals in California, uh, Governor Gavin Newsom he wants to place homeless with mental disorders into treatment, and it passes the state assembly. Spend more resources. Let's put them into uh, treatment permanently. Are we going to run experiments on them like you did my uh, grandmother? You know, she was made to be schizophrenic after you sent her to the state hospital in the 60s. But that's a story for another day. Yeah, she she became homeless because, yeah, shock therapy doesn't really work. Anybody's seen Ken Kesey's One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest? A bill was approved by California State Assembly by a 62 vote. Yep. Folks, uh, California is all sorts of stupid top to bottom. I think they just got to a $22 minimum wage to the fast food. Like, it's crumbling. We're, we're sandwiched between Europe, totally nutty, and California and the left coast, totally nutty. I believe that this bill is an opportunity for us to write a new narrative. A Democrat who voted for a bill. At what point does compassion end our desire just to get people off the streets and out of our public site begins? I don't think this is a great bill, but it seems to be the best idea that we have at this point to try and improve a god-awful situation. I think leaving California entirely is a best remedy to go ahead and deal with it. Let let it just scrap and uh, let it get, be done over again. And let's not forget uh, the Pelosi's or the uh, <clears throat> uncle and aunt to uh, Gavin Newsom. That's right. Paul Pelosi. You remember the drunk? Yeah. Yeah. Well, what did he try to do? He hired a private investigator to make demands to cops after his DUI arrest. 82 years of age and driving drunk. The House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's husband. Daily Mail said it had obtained a June 13th. This isn't even, uh, this isn't even U.S. journalism. This is uh, DailyMail.uk. Internal communication about the investigator. Earlier this week, a private investigator named Don King arrived at our office in an attempt to obtain a copy of the crash report involving Pelosi and Mr. Lopez. Don Blenko, a California Highway Patrol, wrote to Napa Deputy District Attorney Amy McLeod. My staff requested an authorization letter to confirm she was representing the party of interest. So King came back with a letter from Amanda Bevins, an attorney representing Pelosi, that said King had been asked to get a copy of the report. My staff called Paul to verify these facts, and he confirmed that Ms. King was authorized to obtain a copy of the crash report on his behalf. King did not offer a comment to the mail. Now, she told the Napa Valley Register, big, big paper, she was paid $100 an hour through her business. Dawn to Dawn investigation, she said her, she was a former, of course, FBI agent. Daily Mail said the public unit, public records unit of the California Highway Patrol also provided an email 
from Blencoe to Napa Valley District Attorney Jennifer Hawley, written at 3.57 a.m. the day after the crash. According to the Daily Mail, said Pelosi was at fault, but they attempted to decide to release him, but he didn't want anyone else to be aware of his arrest. He was medically cleared, and, of course, he tries to use his private investigator, former FBI agent, to make demands to cops to change what's happening, just as you were. His uh, wife, uh, she was shunned by the governor of Colorado shortly thereafter. In fact, uh, when she appeared in one of the most liberal cities uh, in the country, Boulder, okay, the nearest liberal, liberal city besides Santa Fe, doubt, right? I mean, everyone likes Boulder <laughs> is bad. One of the Denver Post, Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi will visit Boulder's National Center for Atmospheric Research on Wednesday. Yes. Noticeably absent is the governor, Jared Polis, Senator Michael Bennett, 7th Congressional District, and candidate Brittany Patterson, 8th Congressional District candidate. Because when you behave badly, it reflects badly on the candidates who are a member of the same party, even if she's the third most powerful person in the entire country. Well, at least it's not the senior members of the political class in Colorado, the governor, a U.S. senator, right. two congressional. <laughs> They're not that important. No. <clears throat> All right. Uh, let's look to Michigan. Whitmer campaign repeats job growth lie as official office backtracks from it. Democratic governor says she's created 25,000 auto jobs. She's actually killed hundreds of jobs in the state. That's right, folks. This is exactly straight out of the Michelle Lujan Grisham playbook. Not the George Soros playbook, right? Tell them a lie long enough, get enough people, say it strong enough, and then battle anybody who, who dares disagree with your version of the facts. She inherited 169,000 jobs when she took office, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics. That number is now down to 167. So she's actually lost jobs, not created 25,000 auto jobs. There it is. Not to mention all the things that she did with COVID. She was one of the uh, shutdown queens in addition to Michelle Lujan Grisham. Uh, Black Lives Matter, a big thing during this election. Not, not going to be held accountable for this because you didn't hear any of these news reports. You know, 4713, the Journal, you know, mainstream media, corporate media like Cumulus or any of the other people. They're not going to report on this. They're going to play. A change is going to come in synchronous uh, mode across all of its radio stations. The head of Black Lives Matter Global Network Foundation has been accused of stealing more than $10 million. Uh, here it is. Shamaloya Shalomia. I don't even know. Bowers poses for a picture in Atlanta, May 13th, 2022. What's up, dog? Well, apparently, um, he took this $10 million and it prompted the IRS and various state attorneys general to lead multiple investigations into its financial account, blazing a path on irreparable harm to the BLM movement. And this is what basically started all. Also, Melina Abdullah, BLM chapter co-founder and Los Angeles professor, announced a lawsuit in a news conference on Thursday saying Bauer shut her and other leaders out of the BLM social media accounts in March by changing the password. Yep, and he ran off with, of course, three times as much as Patrice Coolers. You might remember her. Self-identified trained Marxist, stepped in for uh, leadership for the BLM. She has to step down from her role as the executive director following her criticism over the foundation's finances and reports of her purchasing four high-end homes for $3.2 million. <sighs> there it is, Dad. I just, just join a 501c3. I'm in the wrong ideology. I got to cash yeah. in on the Marxist left. I mean, really. GOP leaders warn Fauci, retirement won't stop investigation. Uh, Fauci will step down. 
Well, it all depends upon what happens, right? In these elections, can't trust the ballot boxes. No doubt about that. And not much has been done. This is also partially Donald Trump's fault. He had four years to go ahead and get those ballot boxes right, making sure that there was no cheating or anything like that. But now nah, that's a story for another day, right? The announced retirement of National Institute for Allergy and Infectious Diseases, Chief Medical Advisor to the President, Dr. Anthony Fauci, will not stop Republican congressional leaders from investigating his activities leading up to and during the global COVID-19 pandemic. His retirement effective in December, new evidence suggests that not only may the COVID-19 virus have escaped from a Chinese laboratory, but Fauci's agent, remember, uh, gain of function, but Fauci's agency conducted and funded viral research at the lab and concealed its connections from lawmakers and the public. My guess is nothing will ever happen to Fauci, just like nothing ever happened to Ghislaine Maxwell, really. Oh, she got convicted. Well, now she's hanging out with her new best friend. Um, that's right. Uh, she's hanging out with a murderer, uh, Nancy Narcy Novak. They bonded over their privilege as wealthy white women who shared the gilded lifestyle of multimillionaires. Uh, here's a picture of uh, Novak. This is from a couple of weeks ago. And uh, they've become quite close uh, there in prison. So, you know, there's your run of it, folks. And they're going after Donald Trump and anybody with an R next to their name. This uh, woman was a stripper, by the way, and she was convicted of hiring a hitman to kill her husband, a Florida businessman. And she stuck up a friendship, struck up a friendship with Glenn Maxwell. Hour one in the Bucks, hour two, just for you, right here in the ABQ. And uh, when we return, we'll be talking about drugs. Albuquerque's macro aggression. Eddie Aragon, the rock of talk. I am Eddie Aragon, the rock of talk. I'm in 1600 KIBQ.FM, rock of talk. Hour two coming at you from the ABQ. Fortunately or unfortunately, uh, we are on Roku TV, Amazon Fire, Apple TV. You can uh, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or Spotify us. You can also run the Audible uh, on us. Uh, and nice to see Tom Brady uh, kick the living crap out of the uh, Dallas Cowgirls last night. That was pretty hilarious. Boy, you suck again, uh, Dallas Cowboys. Uh, what else can we say? <laughs> it's really funny. You know, I told you the worst people that I know of are... Dallas Cowboy fans who work for the state of New Mexico who are registered Democrats who are Catholic. If you fit the four criteria, okay, of being a Catholic Dallas Cowboy fan who's a registered Democrat who works for the state of New Mexico or any city of government, you are on my permanent S list because I don't like any one thing about you. I know exactly who you are, what you stand for, and I want nothing to ever have to, 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 to do with you. Okay. I just, I know who you are. Right. By the way, you can't, you, <laughs> Catholic Democrat. Yep. We have those here, folks. All sorts of uh, stupid uh, right here in uh, New Mexico. Uh, by the way, you can also download our app at rockoftalk.tv, rockoftalk.com. And uh, why not become a subscriber? Less than 20 cents a day at rockoftalk.chat. Uh, Dowd uh, in here hanging out with me. And we're going to talk about drugs. You got drugs. You have the bad. Right. So you guys all know the South Park stuff. You yeah, seen it? Every- yeah, man. It's, yeah, it's good. This is some good stuff, man. Yeah, now, Mexico's the place to be. Oh, yeah. Is, uh, is, uh, is pot a gateway drug, Dowd? Uh, I still haven't read Alex Berenson's book. I've, I've 
people in the libertarian world always say no. I'm open to Alex Berenson because he has just shown what a credible researcher he is. And I believe it's called Tell Your Children, I think is the name of it, uh, or something, some version of that. So uh, I will be reading that book at some point moving forward. Uh, must read article in the tablet on marijuana. Are part reporters high? Uh, yes, they are. Uh, would you say that the people at Source New Mexico? Yeah, oh, I really hate that Eddie Aragon. They got to get through the day. What were they writing about? Something about me? I didn't. I didn't. Sorry, doubt. I didn't want to read it because they are totally unimportant. But what did you? What did they write about you or me or what? Well, I did. Uh, yeah, they 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 they, they called you you and the Kiva uh, mean mean things. But then, but uh, listen, I started it okay because oh. I tweeted out the latest Austin Fisher article about. Uh, uh, how people are getting enough resources in New Mexico to get their next uh, inoculation, uh, and I and I did tweet out something about um, him being a soy boy. Uh -huh. um, he tweeted back, but it's very interesting. The mind of the leftist Eddie is very interesting because they immediately go to identity politics. Yeah. His response was, um, "Oh, he said failed mayoral candidate. Uh, this tweet didn't get any engagement. How can I, I get any fail? I don't do any social media. I'm not a failed mayoral candidate. I don't. I don't even remember having a party." uh for my uh for election night we were going to try and get to a runoff because manny gonzalez is a criminal <laughs> i mean simple as that you're like said it was truly uh, an honor to be insulted by us uh and then his response oh. it was interesting and again it's everything is about group identity with these lunatics so uh -huh. here's his his first response he responded a lot of times but here's his first one and of course all of his journal journal friends including the truly loathsome algernon de Massa down at the uh, Las Cruces oh, Chris's, Sun news yeah, yeah. uh he, he is just the one worst, of the worst, worst names i i wouldn't either eat a plate that sounded like that uh, nor oh. interact with a man with a name like that another fake journalist but anyway yeah. uh his response was fellas is it gay to not want to die or have permanent organ damage i, I don't, I don't I even know what that means I didn't say anything about sex. anyone. Sex. I don't care. I'm a libertarian. I don't care about anyone. I don't, my policy is you don't tell me about your genitalia. I won't tell you about my well, genitalia. Gay, and my, my kids have already learned this. Like, that's a choice. Like, you know, like at the ages of seven and 10, you know, gay people, if you're gay, you do it as a choice. You weren't born that way. You're not born this way. You're not any of that kind of stuff. So stop being so stupid and sensitive. And you aren't a minority, folks. You have been the majority. And you can't just adopt you know racial politics as part of your ploy uh, i'm just so sick of the wokeness uh, here but it's that, uh, maybe it's maybe a, a, a more of a thought for the other day we gotta say they are all on pot alex berenson here we go uh, i'm gonna start there and then we're gonna uh start with uh <clears throat> more drugs yep he says as i've been saying here and here you're being lied to about today's pot this is alex berenson excerpts from the tablet article how weed became the new oxycontin dr libby stuyat a recently retired addiction psychiatrist, a psychiatrist in Pueblo, Colorado, says about five years ago, I started seeing people with the worst psychosis symptoms that I have ever seen. And this is what Dowd's getting uh, to with uh, all of this. I mean, the, the, uh, the way people are reacting to the high levels of THC is what Berenson has been writing about for years. These cases were even more acute when what she'd seen from a psychotic patient on meth. Some of the delusions were accompanied by severe violence, but these patients were coming up positive only for cannabis. Totally harmless drug, he writes. Way safer than alcohol. That's what we commonly hear from you pot smokers. Yeah. Uh, what is it? One in four students at uh, APS are currently uh, oh, nice. have either access to pot or have used, or is it one in three? 
Explains the graduation ever, rate. <laughs> yeah, if you ever smoked a bowl and become irrationally anxious, then everyone is staring at you and knows you're high. What you experienced was mild symptom of cannabis-induced psychosis. According to one study, about 40% of the people react this way. If you experience the, that paranoia and keep smoking on a regular basis, nonetheless, especially with today's high-potency THC, and especially if you're young, there's a good chance you'll eventually suffer a full psychotic break. 35% of young people who experience psychotic symptoms, according to another study, eventually have such an episode. If you keep using after that, you run a decent risk of ending up permanently schizophrenic or bipolar. Cannabis has by far the highest conversion rate to schizophrenia of any substance. Higher than meth, higher than opioids, higher than LSD. Two Danish studies, as well as a massive study from Finland, put your chances at close to 50%. One in two are developing either bipolarism or schizophrenia. Worse, even if you don't suffer a psychotic break, you'll become a sunken chest pansy with no ambitious, no work ethic, barely a pulse except to attack anyone who poses pot. Americans are pussified enough without voluntary training themselves into retards or retards. Kevin had a hardcore drug addiction, but in his imagination, he was taking medicine, just taking medicine, and a $13 billion industry was telling him he was right. Take it, man. Line about being it being medicine, he bought that right about his son. I told people what medicine do you get from a doctor that's 100% always approved, that you can get within 10 to 15 minutes online, you can take as much as you want per year, and you never have to come back to renew it. Oh, wow. Dow, that's, uh, that should be embalmed above uh, the mantle of our Kiva. That was such a good line. Huh. Here it looks like just my doctor's office, and he's uh, looking like this rainbow snow place where people would get uh, snow cones. On weedmaps.com, you can buy your cannabis in the form of a joint, flour, vape, concentrate, butter, crumble, or crystalline, cookie, brownie, corn nut, caramel corn, jalapeno cheese cracker, rice krispie bar, macaron, macaron, uh, macaron, uh, pretzel bite, cereal, tincture syrup, seltzer, iced tea, herbal tea, tonic, apple juice, punch, mocktail, root beer, cream soda, lemonade, agua fresca, powder gummy, mint, chocolate gum, bomb salve, bath bomb, salt, oil, shower gel, soap, and have it delivered to your doorstep. Nice. Those producers are all sold as medicine, even though none of them is FDA approved. And although it's illegal for anyone without a medical degree to offer medical advice, dispensary bud tenders do it all the time. Their advice is completely evidence-free because no evidence exists that the specific products they sell have any medicinal value. Dr. Robin Murray, a psychotic, a psych psychiatric researcher at King's College London, we have all seen this research showing that greater than 10% puts you at risk for psychosis, addiction, suicide, addiction, suicide, cannabis high premise uh, syndrome, constant severe vomiting, which is what that is. All these things that are high potency THC is doing. High potency describes almost all the cannabis products sold in the United States today, with the vast majority of which are all over 15%. As a former CEO of Purdue Pharma, the company that made OxyContin co-founded a medical marijuana company called Emblem after helping to create the modern opioid epidemic. What could go wrong? We'll talk about that when we return. We'll talk more about drugs. Uh, when we return a lot of stuff, you guys are all bragging and so proud six months in if you're legalize it. And uh, we'll also uh, touch upon the fact that uh, maybe the uh, Albuquerque and the New Mexico recreational cannabis industry is growing too fast. You love your pot. You're either high or drunk and the other half are listening here to the key. But thanks everybody for listening.
In May, uh, Fauci getting sued. Yep, he's uh, have to answer for what he's done, but we'll see. At least the two state attorneys general, Missouri Attorney General Eric Schmidt and Louisiana Attorney General Jeff Landry, sued the Biden administration, claiming the government officials colluded with big tech to censor topics like the pandemic and election integrity. Federal judge in Louisiana ruled that there was good cause for the AGs to go through the legal process of discovery, giving them the ability to go on fact-finding mission to get to the bottom of the disturbing collusion, writes. The Biden regime objected to regime officials like Fauci and White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre Jean from testifying in the lawsuit. But district judge today, uh, Terry Doty, smacked down the regime's request. And now Fauci will have to answer inter- interrogatories from the Republicans' attorney general. Now, Judge Doughty said the request of information is obviously very relevant to the Biden big tech collusion lawsuit. You saw that with Zuckerberg and Facebook uh, now and now the FBI. Fauci's communications with big tech about alleged suppression of speech relating to the lab leak theory of COVID-19's origin and to alleged suppression of speech about the efficiency of masks and COVID-19 lockdowns was cited by Dowdy as relevant information. Big Tech acted as an enforcer for Fauci, censoring critics of the lab leak theory and his pandemic response. So exciting news there, Dowd. So, uh, uh, very, very good news. Very good news. All right. So let's continue with what could uh, go wrong. Berenson has been writing, and I gave you all the information directly from Berenson. Uh, here it is. A former CEO of Purdue Pharma, the company made OxyContin co-founded a medical marijuana company called Emblem after helping to create the modern opioid epidemic. So, what could go wrong? Aubrey's older son started using legal cannabis products in the eighth grade. By his freshman year in high school, he was addicted. He became psychotic, self-harming, violent behaviors, couldn't even regulate any moods, crying obsessively, inconsolable, in fact, Paranoid over things, thinking people were after us. His mother recounted he tried to kill his little brother several times. When Aubrey tried to get her son to stop, he would say, it's medicine, mom. You're the only one not using it, mom. Maybe you need to start using it, mom. You'll feel better, mom. What you're saying is a lie, mom. It's all propaganda, mom. Um, Now it's reefer madness, mom. Yep, except now it's true, he writes. So, reefer madness here in the state of New Mexico. You think New Mexico has earned the right to go ahead and... uh, Start doing this. He passed it April 1st. It became law. They've been celebrating in the papers. Record windfall. Oh, my gosh. There's so much money. Oh, how proud. No one's talking about the other side. Everyone's so high. I mean, all I could smell last night. It's economic concert, development. All I could smell last night at the concert was, you know, I'm like. Oh, jeez. I had to yeah. leave it. I had to leave at 10 p.m. I was like. I oh, boy. It's like. I'm going to get a headache, and I don't want to ingest too much of this stuff. Um, here's what's happening. Gabriel Chavez. Here, QB News 13. Right? The legalization of recreational marijuana has generated tens of millions of dollars in sales. Now there's another way that people are cashing in on the pop business. We're now delivering orders to customers' front door. They're just going to bring pot to your front door. Duke City Herbs, man. Yeah, it's pretty cool. We're going to drop it on your door. Just. You know, we got a handy dandy little app and we'll just just dial us up, man. For the last seven years, they focused on holistic remedies. Remedies. 
When cannabis became legal this spring, she added recreational pot to her shelves. Yay! Jenna Quintero, the owner of Duke City Herb, says, I learned that this was a need, especially in the community. We've got a need for weed to the drop need it for weed. Oh, <laughs> even for the other businesses, that would be the next need. Now she's offering a new service to deliver cannabis right to her customer's door. It only took a couple of months. Honestly, it didn't take me that long. I had my paperwork in order, so once it opened, I just submitted it. So it was easy for her to apply for their courier license. In addition to the cannabis license, I don't think that they thought about this. We're going to be delivering it to your front door. Doing legalized drops on your front door. Unbelievable. With uh, 15% plus uh, THC. Somebody should go buy these places and uh, see what the THC. Do uh, they bring uh, the Cool Ranch Doritos with the weed or, you know? Uh, it's hard to laugh right now, isn't it? Hard to laugh Couple after two liter bottles of Mountain Dew. Yeah, yeah there you go. <laughs> I, I don't know how uh, that uh, counters. Since April 1st, sales of recreational cannabis have totaled over $87 million for the state. According to the Cannabis Control Division, there are 478 licensed oh. retailers in the state. What? We're Even I wouldn't have guessed that many. <laughs> no. Five minutes in, uh, Dowd, uh, New Mexico has more pot dispensaries per capita than Colorado or Oregon. We're really smart here. We just do it. We do a better pot business so far. We're showing that we're innovative. We're ahead of the curve. We're making sure that uh, we're very responsible. Can any of this money be deposited in any bank? 476 approved retail premise in the state for the first five months of adult use recreational cannabis. 22.4 for every 100,000 New Mexico residents. We have... Uh, <laughs> Let's, let's just let's just do the math uh, real quick. We have a pot dispensary for every 5,000 residents, folks. Uh, make that, um, I don't know, that's actually for, that would be more like, um, is that 4,200? Is that 4,400? 40, 4, sorry. About, is that about right, Dow? Every 4,400? Yeah, residents? let me run the numbers because about yeah, 2.1 million. Yeah, 22.4. For every 100,000 residents, which would put us at a pot dispensary. About 4,400, yeah. Yeah, 4,400, okay. There it is. We have a pot dispensary for every 4,400 residents. Just think about how ludicrous that is. It is the most ridiculous thing I have ever heard. We have a need for pot so bad, we have a pot dispensary for every 4,400 residents. Just out of nowhere. Oh, pot is a great idea. 30% more than Colorado, folks. There's 666. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Operating Colorado, according to the Department of Revenue. 19.1 dispensaries for every 100,000 residents in Oregon. Yeah, they're, they're pretty stupid out there, too, and very woke. Andrew Viejos told legislators they should avoid putting the quota on the licenses. We got to, you want to put a quota? That means you close the systems. The director for the Alcohol Beverage Control Division of the State Regulation and Licensing Department. Don't, don't put any limits on us. The sky's the limit. No, we're going to get high. It shouldn't come as a shock to anyone when our market floods because of our unlimited licensure. And a lot of people lose a lot of money. Ben Lewinger, executive director, uh, also son of a... Uh, <laughs> Formerly got Grubb and Ellis, now Colliers. The New Mexico Cannabis Chamber of Commerce said there's always going to be a place for innovative retail operators, even if he notices a new dispensary in Albuquerque every week on the drive home. 
folks, this is this is how sick our society is in the state. I mean, is it any wonder that there's this number of violent crimes, murderers, reactions? Like, no one's talking about that. Berenson is. We're telling you, well, someone had an episode, got a hold of a gun, went nuts, decided to murder some people. Oh, there's no direct correlation to the number of uh, violent crimes in New Mexico and uh, in addition to uh, murders and, and the growing cannabis business. Um, <clears throat> recreational cannabis became legal, as we said in April. I think there's just a lot of excitement in cannabis. When any new market opens up, this is a rush of people that want to get into new markets. That's likely what's happening here in New Mexico. Co-founder of Fire, Fireflower craft cannabis i mean i wonder if anyone's like there's like you know that you're at the saturation point when all the cannabis dispensaries they all sound the same about the same type of titles it's about half the cost to open a new store in new mexico and then in arizona it's an attractive opportunity to be first but we're starting to see that the market is getting too flooded and it's hard for some of these independent people to have the business to stay open long term because there's just so many people coming into market said pat davis Weeds Cannabis Services co-founder. That's not a conflict of interest. We simply don't have enough suppliers to fill all the stores, and so many folks are ready to open, just can't put enough stuff on the shelves to pay the bills. Oh, maybe they need a blowout down. Maybe that's what the uh, cannabis uh, licenses. Eddie, I'm looking at the handouts from this hearing that, you're, that, you, that you, just, you discussed from this article. Yeah. Uh. The subject of the hearing, it wasn't really so much about the, the, the details uh, and, and, and the number of dispensaries. It was about equity in oh. cannabis, uh, <laughs> equity and justice in our cannabis oh, industry there. Yeah, in, in New there. Mexico. Uh, a oh, woman yeah. from the Drug Policy Alliance came in from D.C., and this is her testimony. The Minority Cannabis Business Association defines social <laughs> equity as equitable an equitable industry promoting the inclusion and success of minorities in the cannabis industry through equal access to opportunities and resources. Uh, so there's a kill whitey. Uh, there's a kill whitey element in the uh, in the New Mexico. Uh, <laughs> when you think it can't get any worse, it does. <laughs> Destroyed by their own. But they oh, won't be folks. That's right. We're all friends, man. Here, here, here's a little toke. Toke it up, man. You want a gummy? You want a fruity? You want when is uh when is cannabis boba tea coming in? You know, that's what I wanted. <laughs> so in New York, it's not yet legal. That's right. But it hasn't stopped the woke ass, broke ass New Yorkers. By the way, they are. It's hard to live there. Rents through the roof. Oh man. <clears throat> they're just selling it on the streets. You can smell, even it's not even legal. They said they were going to crack down, right? Green Empress stands two blocks, this is in the Rolling Stone, where 114th Precinct towed away what it called an unregistered cannabis bus. Friendly Green Empress consulted seated behind the sliding plastic window issued bag of people offering donations for the information. Another business model popular with today's in plain sight, in plain sight pot purveyors in new york city pot shops weed trucks have become ubiquitous they're everywhere no one's cracking down on them but oh we did good we're here to educate the public we're trying to help people out according to the rolling store article speaking to rolling stone after vehicle seizures she did not wish to reveal her name we'll pick it up there when we return we'll talk about uh, doesn't have to be legal there and black market purveying in new york city 
533 here in the Kiva. Well, just like if you have homosexuals in your church, you're not a Christian church. Uh, I would also say if you are a user of mind-altering drugs of any kind uh, and you're going to a Christian church, I'd say the very same things. Uh, yep, uh, heresy and uh, <laughs> hypocrisy all around there, D. Dowd Muska. But uh, hard to believe we are the state of faith, uh, the city, uh, the state uh, that we were established, the oldest capital. Uh, we proclaim to be Catholic. We proclaim to be uh, Christian, all these things. And just look at the disgusting things we do, folks. I mean, uh, it's no wonder why we reap uh, what we sow here in the state of New Mexico. It's a disgusting place with disgusting people and even more disgusting politicians. Well, hey, I'm just learning uh, this this handout's amazing. I'm learning so much about social mm -hmm. equity in the <laughs> cannabis industry. Uh, yeah. Some of the uh, uh, barriers, barriers to entry for our young entrepreneurs in the minority and underserved communities that are looking to get into selling cannabis. Uh, the social stigma associated with the industry oh. is a barrier oh. to, to entry. Oh. entry uh, uh, also, uh, perception of risk and distrust in government is another barrier to entry. So, yeah. Well, if uh, you smoke pot, I don't want you around me. If you use pot, I don't want you around me. And I don't want it around my kids. If you've done, if you do drugs, I don't want you around my kids. Pretty simple. Don't I have a right to preserve, you know, the uh, innocence of my kids to a certain degree? Doubt. I mean, that's... well, I mean, if you're a lucky parent, yeah. Eddie, you will be your your children will benefit from some of these policy reforms being recommended. Um, they want the state to create job training for potential employees in the cannabis industry. They want a higher education program to support student education to train entrepreneurs in weed. They want legal assistance and apprenticeship programs for minorities in the weed industry, and they want to secure funding uh, loans and grants targeted to minorities looking to prosper in the weed industry uh well when are they going to allow ebt cards to be used for cbd that's uh item number three uh, you've made the list of the other two items uh, doubt right when to leave the state that is item number three when you're allowed to use your EBT cards from your human services department to pay for CBD. Dr. Scrace is working on it right now. Yeah, but, but he is. I mean, seriously, like this country, I mean, this state will burn to the ground. There's no doubt about it. We'll be here to comment on all of it. And you guys can, and we'll be persecuted. Someone will come after me and someone will shoot at me or I don't know. So they're going to send the Gestapo in one way. It's just what's going to happen. Just that's what it is. Let's continue, shall we? Uh, back in uh, New York City, they don't need the laws. They don't need the rules. They're just they're just doing it. That's, that's where we are. That's your attitude towards drugs now. Everyone's doing everyone. Everyone's doing it, man. You just got to get on board. It's the new revolution. Um, <clears throat> according to Michael McQueenie, attorney specializing in cannabis law, <laughs> a lot of people are breaking the law all the time. What it comes down to is this: uh, what to do if law? What do the laws say? And how are they going to be enforced? <laughs> please, please enforce cannabis law. <laughs> you can't even enforce any laws as it is. How many cops are getting tested for for cannabis? Honestly, how many of them have THC in their system? Oh man, that's okay. He's one of my customers now. The NYPD's mass impounding of weed trucks were examples of law enforcement doing its best to quote unquote send a message. What's it done? <laughs> Uh, that's actually expanded. 
the more you've cracked down on it, the more it's like, no, 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 no. There's no consequences here. The people who were supposed to get the memo did not. Among the marijuana vendors who are staying, staying open is woman woman who runs a Brooklyn cannabis storefront where a registration fee gives members access to, quote-unquote, free weed. Everybody's operating in a very great area, she says. Speaking to Rolling Stone exclusively after the seizure, she did not wish to reveal her name or the name of her storefront out of fears that the state would challenge its legal standing. Folks, New York should just stop what it needs to do and just make it illegal everywhere. They just think that they can strike it up, toke it up wherever they want. Now, um, the Mexican cartels are not very happy about it. And what inevitably will happen when you get in on their business, it was better when it was illegal. Right, there was less crime. They're getting angrier, more upset. You know, what's happening in Mexican streets? They're they're just murdering. They're murdering. I, I was right at the border, by the way, this weekend. I went all the way right to the very border of El Paso. I said, "See, Sam, we can't cross over, and I'm not about to cross over with you." But this is as close as you can get to the Mexican border. We went right to the place at the end of El Paso Avenue that leads over to the border. And it's literally, you need nothing. It's, it's, they'll give you a hard time for coming back in. It's like, well, we're pretty you know, American. Eddie, I can see you saying, boys, you think we got trouble in New Mexico? Look over the border. That's Mexico. There's even more problems over there. There's even more uh, problems over there. Well, uh, they've moved on. And what's happened is they've gone harder core. And the gateway has led to fentanyl. And um, the Epic Times writes about it. Brightly colored counterfeit M30 oxycodone pills, which are referred to now as rainbow fentanyl. Who are they coming after? Well, they're coming after my kids and your kids, folks. And because you said it was okay to smoke pot and do drugs and oh, dad, dad had a few gummies. <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> We're, That's okay. We're still going to go to church on Sunday and things will be fine. USDA on Tuesday issued a warning about an alarming merging trend of colorful fentanyl available across the United States. How much you bet me, those of you parents who are users of pot, who take gummies or take whatever you decide to go ahead and take, take, okay? How much you bet me that these rainbow fentanyl pills, because you're too doped up or too drunk or too stupid to pay attention, end up in your kids' Halloween offerings this year? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I just had a couple of beers. Oh, yeah, I just had, uh, it's fine. Just had a couple of hits. Folks, these literally look like Smarties. Exactly like Smarties. You cannot tell the difference. The agency said the trend appears to be a new method used by cartels to sell highly addictive and deadly fentanyl made to look like candy to children and young people. Do you think you're going to take your children to Halloween this year? Would you take, after what I'm telling you, take your children to Halloween? Rainbow fentanyl, fentanyl pills, and powder that come in a variety of bright colors, shapes, and sizes to look just like candy is a deliberate effort by drug traffickers from Mexico to drive addiction amongst kids and young adults to grow their business. Oh, man, I'm totally good with the Mexicans coming across the border. We need to open the borders. We're all one, man. It'll be good. No, they don't feel that way. They're like, <laughs> your kids are stealing from my kids. I get your kids addicted. We take them out. Men and women of the DEA are relentlessly working to stop the trafficking of rainbow fentanyl. I bet they are. <laughs> the DEA, what do you say, about 95% uh, Democrats uh, doubt? Yeah, the FBI is 99%. And defeat the Mexican drug cartels that are responsible for the majority of fentanyl that is being trafficked into the United States. We will reap what we sow. 
I shared an article for those of you so that it hit as possibly close to home as it possibly could. And it's from the Wall Street Journal. You will cry once you read it. About a 29-year-old man who got amphetamines through a telemedicine startup where clinicians are just basically prescribing anything. Remember, I mean, that, that wonderful article from uh, Alex Berenson. Let me, let me, let me read it. On weedmaps.com, you can buy your cannabis in the form of a joint, flour, vape, concentrate, butter, crumble, crystalline cookie, brownie, corn nut, caramel corn, jalapeno cheese, cracker, rice, crispy bars, macarons, pretzel bites, cereal, tincture, syrup, seltzers, iced tea, herbal tea, tonic, apple juice, punch, mocktail, root beer, cream soda, lemonade, agua fresca, powder gummy, mint, chocolate gum, balm, salve, bath bomb, salt, oil, shower gel, soap, just to have it delivered to your doorstep. Just in case you didn't think it was going to get bad enough. Reading about Harlan Band will tell you everything that is going to happen to every other person that I'm speaking to right now in this audience. That's how bad the epidemic is going to be. When the economic pain comes, you are going to turn to a substance. There is no doubt about it. And for those of you who weren't already on substances, it's going to get worse because you won't be able to tolerate it. The depression will set in come 2023. There is nothing that is going to be able to stop it. No matter how much you redefine recession, no matter how much you talk about, well, it just couldn't happen to us. We're going to stay up forever. No, we will not. It's an absolutely heartbreaking for a man who got simply prescribed some light Adderall, I guess. And it got worse and worse and worse. Oh, I got to have my kids be seen. They need to be treated. He has behavioral problems. He's seven. Yeah, we decided to go to a psychiatrist and uh, she decided to go ahead and start prescribing all and pushing all sorts of pills. And suddenly your kid's having mind-altering drugs. He's not developing right. He's not all there. He doesn't feel like he's really connecting. Is this really my kid? Do I know who he is? Are you scared yet, folks? You should be. Maybe at some point, their little comeuppance uh, will only hit only you and your family. But for our community... It has already hit us plenty hard, and it's the big secret that nobody is talking about. 550, 50, 500, out your thoughts. Yeah, it's kind of a sad story, Eddie. Uh, not kind of. It's it's a very sad story. I mean, to, to throw away your life, uh, to throw away your life at this. I don't know. Young men, young men are, are doing this more and more. Uh, we never need, we've never needed more responsible young males in our society to act like men, act less like source New Mexico reporters and get out there and, 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 and be, great, be great at whatever you're great at and, and, ach- and achieve things. And uh, our problems in this country exist at multiple levels, Eddie, multiple levels. For our uh, subscribers, we'll hit social media and tech uh, tomorrow. We'll get into COVID, uh, speaking of drugs, and uh, we'll talk about, uh, we'll get Dow's data dump. We'll also, uh, an article on uh, space, another one there from uh, Dowd. Uh, uh, we'll talk. I'll get all of your texts and everything in the next segment as well. Wow, I've got so many texts on this. It's, it's, uh, there's 20 plus texts. We'll get to that uh, when we return. We'll hear from you guys right here in the Kiva. You can text in 550-5500 and we'll take a call to kick off the next segment.
548 here in the Kiva. We'll take a quick call to kick things off. <clears throat> and your text uh, as well. Thanks again, Kevin, for uh, taking me out of the concert last night. We avoided the buzz. Oh, man, everybody. I will tell you, Breaking Benjamin is kind of an awesome band. Alice in Chains was amazing. And, and uh, whatever. I mean, these are all 50. I think they're all 50-year-old bands. 50-year-old guys in the band. Like, it was like, whoa. These guys are really rocking pretty awesome uh, stuff. Call you in the Kiva. Go ahead. Hi, this is Tim. How are you doing today, Eddie? I'm good. Excuse me. I was listening to Glenn, and just from, they talked about a uh, Senate bill, U.S. Senate bill, which would deprive churches of tax-free status if they wouldn't perform uh, same-sex marriages. Yeah, that's uh, we talked about that a uh, good six months ago. Yeah, that, that's been rumored to have been happening as, as well. That's why elections matter. So um, that's, likely, that's likely going to happen. They're going to change the religion of the very church that you belong. So uh, Muslims are going to have to be uh, gay, gay Muslim marriage marriages, or they're no longer tax free. So I guess you can look at it that way and be optimistic. Or uh, look, do you attend any Catholic or Christian churches? Yes, I, a Christian church. Yes. Okay. Uh, do you have homosexuals there? I, I don't know. Oh, okay. No one, no <laughs> one has revealed it. Uh, but no one's outwardly or explicitly homosexual, right? That's correct. I wouldn't. I, would, I wouldn't worry about it as far as your church. Then, I mean, you, you, there just has to be a consistent shunning of that. I mean, it's in the Bible. Hello, hello, yes. hello. It's in the Bible. Hello. It is. You guys use the Bible at your church? Yes. Okay, then you're good to go. Don't worry. As long as you guys stick to the word of the book and you guys are reading through the Bible and all that, then uh, that uh, that element will remove itself from your church. It's it's not. You cannot be gay. You cannot be gay and be be Christian. Sorry, it's just it's it's impossible. I don't know what, what else to say. It's like it's literally written in the book. There's it's not my judgment. It's just there, so they can refer to it there. I don't know what else to say. What is the Catholic Church going to do? Are they going to cave? They have a gay. They have a, a gay divorce priest at Immaculate Conception. Go see him. He's the one who protected the. Uh, I can't think of Father Griego, who died suddenly after you know molesting all those young boys. Okay, is this something that's very near and dear to my heart? Because as a young boy, you know, uh, by not a family member, I was raped. My first sexual experience was a homosexual experience when I was six years old. It's very bad what's happening. Well, and I'm telling you, it's it's all over. This is why you have to fight it. So this is the way it is. It's a it's an evil thing that needs to be purged from every place. That's just the way it is. I mean, I, I follow the try to follow the principles and morals and a lot of Moses. Like you know, the Baptists and stuff. Yeah. And and what's happening. I I can't believe that the Churches just aren't speaking out word. Everywhere. Ask your pastor. Ask your pastor. Ask him, uh, who, you know, go ask your pastor. I'm not going to you know, out your pastor. Um, but <laughs> go out, ask him or her, whatever you have at your church. Um, hopefully it's a him. Um, I still, we still believe in the patriarchy. Uh, Source New Mexico is literally, like, probably writing the biggest hit piece of their life right now. It's just based upon what I'm talking about right now. Like, that guy that failed me or crazy. No, whatever, right? They're probably going crazy. Um, but what I would suggest is go ask your pastor how he feels about that. And if, if his opinion is different than the biblical opinion, leave your church. And then tell everybody else in the, in the church about it first, though. But it's, uh, I can't. 
I, mean, I, I didn't hear anything about it in general from churches or anything uh-huh. until uh, I heard it on the Glenn Beck show. And uh, <clears throat> Well, your churches are all about making money. Let's not forget the bottom line for all these churches, really, they want to bring as many people as possible, you know, they pass out the baskets and, oh, we welcome everybody and we're very generous and we're going to help. And they just get exploited and uh, rightfully so, because they try to help a lot of the wrong people. You know, uh, I will tell you, you know that. And I think you would probably agree with me. on that. So I, I have some other friends and, and they're not going to keep in. They're going to. Are you a, are you a Christian? Yes. Do you have homosexual friends? No, Muslim friends. You have Muslim friends? Are, are yes. Muslims are let me ask you, do you since you have Muslim friends, are they are they uh are they nice to homosexuals? No. Okay, there you go. But you know, they're not going to allow the government to do that to them peacefully. I, at least that's to my opinion. I don't really know. Yeah. And these people aren't close friends, but, you know, I have friends who are Muslims and also friends who are Hindus. Can you, can but, you let me, let me just interrupt you. We got to end this call, but I, can you believe that what I'm actually saying here, caller is, is radical? I mean, there's nothing radical about what I'm saying. It's just, no, no. What, what you're saying is, is proper. It's, a, it's according to the word of God. Yeah, but they, they will want to burn me at the stake for thinking about what I'm thinking. There's going to be people who are going to come and attack me, and you know, people kind of hit me. I'm like, I really don't care. Doesn't doesn't bother me well, at least. Well, you're a good man. You're the uh, one of the greatest people around. Oh, that's and, very nice of you. Well, I'm just yeah. telling you what happened. It, it comes from a lot of pain when I when I started out. I mean, that's what happened. My next door neighbors, who were Jehovah's Witness, their friends were from Pinyasco and all their cousins, and everything. And they basically decided to rape a six year old little boy. And that is the beginning. And it took me 30, oh, 35 years so over 30 years, 35. And you learn how to not have successful relationships and not be able to build trust and not be able to do all these things for that very reason. So, you know, I mean, my truth is my truth and it's easy. I mean, I can talk about it and, you know, it's, uh, it's created a lot of, of things where I've had to build ways of, um, you know, it's made my, it's made my life more difficult. And, you know, everybody de- deserves the, uh, innocence of life and the opportunity to experience and, and have a full self-realization of a, a, a truly human, uh, full, full life, the way God has wanted it. So, uh, I didn't that's, get, I didn't get that chance because of that. Well, that's so. right. But children nowadays aren't getting it because there's stuff going on in the schools and the churches and stuff. I mean, well, you gotta, you, you gotta compete with those elements. So you gotta be willing to engage with your kids about every single subject that there is. And that, that's just it. You've got to, be willing. You got to be ahead of the curve because if not, they're going to beat you to the punch. They're sexualizing children. They're doing all sorts of things. I mean, kids uh, kids are way too aware of what's going on in the world, and they're ten times smarter than us. Every child out there, I don't know if you've seen these kids, but they're like so incredibly bright. They know a thing. So if you if you if you don't take the opportunity to talk to them about it, somebody else will, and that's all I have to say about that. Well, thank you, thank you for your great program, and I pray for you and how do. Thank you so much. Have nice. a great day. You too. Very, very nice man. Okay. All right. So let me uh, read these. <clears throat> Let's see. Cool. I'm going to be reading for a little while. <laughs> Shock therapy doesn't work, and they've also proven that SSRIS do not work. Yet Big Pharma still gives them out like candy. Those are the uh, those are the uh, prescription pills. SSIRS, right? I believe. Uh, yes, selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors. Yes. Yes. Wow. 
is the Dow 3000. <laughs> the alleged mechanism of mental illness being a chemical imbalance has never been fully proven. We will eventually come to find that most mental illnesses untreated parasitic infestation. It's interesting. I hate to say it, but heavy THC use creates Democrats and dependencies. <laughs> oh my God. Just had a friend to, uh, just, just had a friend have to finally get it off of it who I didn't talk to in almost two years and it comes back and he's a different person. So he's almost like normal. Literally all his problems were being caused by his heavy daily pot use. Seeing this becoming the norm with a lot of heavy pot users saying that they actually had to stop using to regain control of their life again. That's the big thing right there. That's it. Uh, I mean, I hate to say it. I told you so, but I'll admit to rubbing in a little. I give them some grief over not looking at the studies that I was sending to them. The only thing legalized cannabis did is ensure that I have to watch idiots with face tattoos face tattoos driving brand new Jaguars. Yes, <laughs> that does frustrate me from time to time. Yes. Uh, Eddie, just received this in the mail. It's a prime example of tax dollars funding lies and pharma. They aren't following the science. Denmark won't even make the vax available to any child. That is true. This is the back. It's vaccinenm.org forward slash kids. Making statements that can't be substantiated, Eddie. Safety doesn't matter when a COVID vax is not medically or scientifically necessary. New Democrat presidential and VB candidates, Cheech and Chong, they might be better than Biden and Harris. <laughs> Will be a drugstore in every corner, no DUI, won't drive to go get it. Oh, wow. Yeah, that is true. That's just what we need here in Eddie in New Mexico. More fat, lazy, stoned people. Maybe we can get the labor participation rate in New Mexico down to 8%. You guys are really good listeners. I appreciate it. Does that mean the rest of our wages will go up? <laughs> <laughs> Paul and Rio Rancho. So next, the cops will be working holdup scenes of pot delivery drivers. How we've fallen. Oh, wow. Well, technically, can you rob someone who is a, a pot delivery driver? I think it would be legal because on a schedule, you couldn't be federally prosecuted because he's peddling. You could steal from the pot dealer. You could steal from the pot shop. The state would protect you, but the feds would not. Yeah. No, no. The other way. The the feds the feds will protect you, but the state will not. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, the, because the state it's protected, but it's not Schedule One. Oh, well, because okay. it's Schedule One. Yeah, yeah. So flip it, flip it around. Eddie, it blew my mind. Three dispensaries in Deming, New Mexico. Seriously, Deming. Leave it to the five hundred five to promote weed and abortion, like it's cool. We are a sick society. Lovely DoorDash for doobies and munchies. Is fentanyl next? Uh, it already is. It's in your neighborhood. DoorDash for doobies. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna sign up that URL right now and and, and have yeah, the copyright. <laughs> Whatever happened to that case of the terrorists that were training in Taos, New Mexico, in 2018 for the child that was found deceased? Janie Laville is her name. Oh yeah, yeah. Nothing happened. I think uh, what it was. They were from what is it Alabama? They came through here. Yeah, the feds took over that case because the local and the state state bungled it very badly. The deal was that if MLG does what she's told through the pandemic, she would be re reinserted as governor. Doesn't really matter who votes when Democrats are in charge of counting the votes. That's a good rhyme. There was a dude. Oh, let's see. What practical anti-homeless tips and tricks can I legally employ besides voting? That's about it. Third hour next. Thanks for listening.
606 in the 505 with more 411 for your third hour. I'm Eddie Eric on the Rock of Talk, AM 1600 KIBA, rockoftalk.com. Watch us on Roku TV, Amazon Fire, Apple TV, podcasting on Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spotify. Don't forget, you can app us at rockoftalk.tv, rockoftalk.com. Nobody does more radio than what we do. Great Saturday uh, live lineup. Uh, that was pretty awesome. Uh, we had a straight, um, what was it? I get this uh, correct. Was that 15 hours of straight live uh, from 11.45 with Dr. Summers going all the way till 3 o'clock the next morning live all the way through. And so that's pretty incredible stuff. So when um, we had uh, Freedom Families United from 1 to 3, we had uh, Jaybird and uh, Nat, which is the Liberty Lovers, uh, truly Liberty Lovers. I got seven kids, folks. That's a lot of loving um, for three hours from 3 to 6. And then... Uh, Dinah went live Saturday night from six to eight, took calls, and uh, it was a busy board. And then it was work midnight with uh, John B. Wells. And then, of course, uh, you had your Coast to Coast AM as well. So, um, and I didn't have to, you know, I was totally out of whatever. But it created some problems with the automation on Sunday mornings. We had a little bit of a detour we had to take. So we had a repeat, unfortunately, uh, on that. So 550, 50, 500, hour three, uh, commercial free uh, this hour with uh, Dowd Musco. We've got to do his data dump plus his article of the day. New England Medical Journal publication tells how the COVID vaccine destroys the immune system. Wow. There's also an article I was reading about the um, people who never get COVID. They're trying to study their, they might as well study me. <laughs> I'm not going to get COVID. Uh, Dowd, you didn't get COVID, right? No COVID for uh, no COVID for you. So. Healthiest two and a half years of my life. You, know, you might want to you know, stay away from us. So there it is. Um, I was actually quite. I was remember I campaigned. I shook thousands of hands. Met you know all sorts of people. Went talked walked, shocked, shocked whatever. Uh, I hate my Alexa device because it consistently just can all that talks about is Queen Elizabeth and what's on NFL football and. What's, uh, where can you watch this game? And then, uh, uh, want us to tell you a stupid joke. It's like, no wonder everyone's on pot, you know, there, there it is now. So let's do the data dump to kick off things here in the hour three. What do you got uh, here to kick us off, uh, this hour? Uh, we shall do that indeed, uh, Mr. Aragon. And I'm kind of, you and I got to have a conversation because I'm thinking people are really loving this data. Maybe we send it out as a, uh, as an email, uh, for, for another extra benefit for the, uh, the subscribers i mean you don't have to ask me it's your yeah. business you, do, right. <laughs> you don't have to discuss anything with me you just do what you do what you think is right that's the least I, micromanager i have ever met in my life uh, ladies and gentlemen that would be uh, one edward aragon <laughs> so uh let me know uh, talk to eddie talk to me doubt at doubtmuscle.com if you'd like to get the data dump uh the links uh in a daily email again we're still kind of coming back from our french people August off kind of uh, 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 culture we have in America. There's not a lot of stuff, but there's one that's really relevant to New Mexico. Uh, and uh, we'll get to that in number two. We're going to start off with number one on flights. Uh, a lot of you out there in listener land are not like me. You're not flying cowards who uh, have to, have to uh, get all sauced up before to get before you get on that plane. I love to fly. Everybody knows. <laughs> Eddie loves some. My mother, same way. She loves to look out the window. My nephew loves to look out the window. I'm having a complete nervous breakdown, and, and they're just fine. Uh, flights looking like. Uh, Everything else in America going to be a little more expensive. Uh, this would be for the holiday season, the uh, the big holidays, Thanksgiving and Christmas. Average domestic airfare uh, is, is projected to be three hundred and fifty 
dollars. International round trips are going to be an average of seven hundred and ninety-five dollars. That is a twenty-two percent increase compared with twenty nineteen, the last year that we could actually use uh, in reality, because you know twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty-one didn't exist. As my sister, oh, they were so cheap, um, so cheap. <laughs> uh, all right, number two, we're going to go into uh, the jobs data. This is from the Bureau of Labor Statistics, the feds. They did a fascinating look at the last 10 years in this country where the film and television production jobs are going. And uh, I, I, I just, this doesn't Every, surprise everyone me. Everyone in New Mexico, New Mexico, New Mexico. This, this doesn't surprise me because I look at this data. I, I focus on this almost on a daily, if not weekly basis. Uh, Georgia gained the most jobs, 15,600 and 11. Uh, they were followed by Texas, Tennessee, Utah, Florida, my own Connecticut, and New Mexico. And this is just really, really explains so much about our state. New Mexico gained a net 444 film and television production jobs in that decade, 2011 to 2021. We were, <laughs> we were beaten, beaten by states that have nowhere near the level of subsidy, nowhere near the generosity that yes. uh, we we bestow. Now, you can't count Georgia because Georgia is insane. They're even worse than New Mexico. Basically, all of Hollywood is going to be in, in Georgia eventually. So throw out Georgia. But let's look at some of these other states that, are, that don't subsidize to anywhere near the amount that we do. Texas, Tennessee, Utah, Florida, and Connecticut. They all beat us. Now, Eddie, I took a very conservative $100 million figure for annual subsidies during that decade. Okay, $100 million a year is, I believe that would be what, $1 billion for a decade. You divide that by the number of net jobs we gained in that industry. Folks, we're looking at $2.2 million per year you're paying for every job in film and television in New Mexico. Now, this is a back of the envelope calculation, and we need to really, you know, separate. Uh, no, 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 no. It's not about, no, that is exactly correct. I mean, That's it's a first look. Up. I mean, yeah. yeah. It, it, it's it's hugely hugely expensive for these nitwits up in Santa Fe to have their pictures taken with George Clooney and to get the IATSE local 480 union vote and their union you know campaign and their get out the vote drive or pedo um, or pedo Tom Hanks. Oh well, you know you got all kind and then what were John Henry that guy who used to run the union he was a super super creep. So uh, folks, this is insanity. We this is the latest numbers from the federal government, not my numbers. Uh, we are paying an insane amount of money for these jobs and other states that are nowhere are spending nowhere near as much as we are, are uh, getting more jobs than we are. Interesting. All right. Speaking about jobs, Eddie mentioned at the start of the show and I, and, and he might have an actual hard number. I haven't seen it. They're projecting somewhere between 1% and 5% of their lower performing staff. Goldman Sachs. Yes. Goldman Sachs, the first major wall street firm to take steps to rein in expenses uh, amid a uh, collapse in uh, activity on Wall Street. Um, boy, it's one thing when some speculative tech company in Silicon Valley lays people off, but when big, big, big major financial institutions are starting to do that, um, hey, it's real. It's real. Um, speaking of tech, 41,000 tech workers. This is the website Crunchbase. They keep a database of layoffs in the tech industry. That is this year alone, so not even 12 months, 41 thousand workers laid off in the tech tech sector um boy 
the Biden administration is just bad for all kinds of jobs, isn't it? Uh, and then finally, we're going to wrap things up with uh, what Biden is good for. If you have a lot of student loan debt and you uh, are in the right industry, I think they, they tend to forgive it if you're in the public sector more than if you're in the private sector. The Biden administration has discharged $34 billion, with a B, dollars in student loans for 1.7 million borrowers since he took office. And according to uh, a student loan expert, he, he, he told Yahoo Money, Biden already, a year and a half into his administration, has forgiven more loans than any previous president has done, again, not even anywhere near a full term. So that's the Biden administration. Uh, tech jobs are declining. We're starting to lay off Wall Street jobs and uh, inflation's out of control. But he has forgiven more student loans than any president today. That's your data dump for the day. Attaboy, Dowd. Uh, do you mind going to layoffs.fyi? And uh, let's cover this a little bit more in detail so that you know that this just isn't just, you know, random stuff that's being quoted. Uh, layoffs.fyi will include it uh, in what we're talking about. Um, Dowd, absolutely. I think uh, my, I would, if you think it's a good idea to include this stuff, you know, in a separate Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday data dumps, you sure. know, I would probably do that. I think that'd be a good, good way to kind of augment uh, your writing plus the, you know, the, uh, the data dumps. <laughs> Excuse me. So if you go to layoffs.fyi, this is just tech sector stuff. There's 611 startups with layoffs, 78,679. If you go to the graphs and the layoff charts, which is a better way to talk about this because um, it's pretty easy to sell from the numbers uh, once you have the data. It's right there. This is what 2022 looks like compared to quarter two of 2020. We've had more layoffs. 10,000 in quarter one, 39,000, 38,000 in quarter two will round down, and 30,000 in quarter three, 68, 78,000. Then all the tech layoffs from quarter one through quarter four in 2020. I repeat, there has been more layoffs in quarter one through quarter three than there were all of all four quarters of 2020 when we lost 60,000 plus jobs. And that, of course, is when COVID started. So you had uh, 70,000, 80,000, 81,000. We are currently at 9,000, uh, 10,000. Let's see, 38, 48, um, 78. Oh, we're off by what? 3,000, I want to say. 81 to 78,000. So I, I missed by 3,000, but I haven't even included September. September's already have 1,314 layoffs. If you don't understand that we're in recession, I just told you we are as far as the tech sector is concerned. There's been more layoffs in 2022 through three quarters at this point than there was in all of 2020 during COVID. That's the stat. That's the takeaway that you need to look at. And uh, where is it all happening, folks? Uh, travel. Travel and transportation is where all of the stuff uh, went uh, headlong south in 2020. In 2022, where's all the layoffs happening? Uh, believe it or not, in the food and then all others. So those would be the uh, type of startups as well as transportation uh, as well. Uh, so there's the uh, overall look at that. And you can look at the everything from booking.com to like Getter, Peloton. They've had a just Robin Hood. month. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Robin Robinhood dropped, uh, what, 20% of its staff, I want to say? Yeah, over 700 people. Oof. Snap, 
uh, 20% of its staff gone in Los Angeles. Um, the new, the new homeless in Los Angeles. There you go. Yelp has dropped a thousand. Probably have nobody uh, here locally for Yelp anymore. Like we used to, I don't know. Uh, 960 for LinkedIn. That's interesting, right? In the Bay area. Oh, uh, let's see what else we have here of the recognizable names. Uh, Peloton dropped 784 in New York city. Uh, I thought I would recognize what a kazoo is, but Open Door dropped 600 jobs. Um, the Eventbrite, you know the Eventbrite because it's the free, cheap way to uh, create an event, dropped 500 people, uh, 45% of its workforce, folks. 45, Coinbase. 45%. What's that? Uh, Coinbase, 1,100. Sorry to interrupt. Just, no, no, no. Don't jump in. <laughs> that's a lot. Uh, let's see what else we have. Uh, these are the, the top ones. But the biggest one was booking.com. It dropped 25% of their workforce or 4,375. Uber laid off 14% or 3,700. And uh, by the way, folks, those aren't the drivers. Those are the people at the uh, main place. Uh, it also dropped an additional 3,000. Uber is down nearly 30% in, in terms of its employees. Uh, Groupon. Is anybody Groupon anymore? They lost. They laid off 44% of their people. And then Carvana, whoa, yeah, they dropped twenty five hundred uh, jobs. So those skyscraper vending machines aren't aren't going over so well, I guess. Yeah, Zillow dropped two thousand jobs, or a quarter of its uh, force. So they have eight thousand in Seattle's where they're located. Airbnbs dropped nineteen hundred jobs uh, on that. So a sign of things to come. There, Dowd. Uh, thanks for uh, getting us ready and uh, on board for the uh, Goldman Sachs layoffs. There'll be uh, the way these generally go. Uh, is these layoffs will get announced by the bigger companies first, and then all of the other ones will sort of come in behind. They have to wait for somebody else to take the lead because if especially a financial traded, a blue chip type stock like Goldman Sachs, something that's out there that's involved in investment, they take the first leap off the plank and then everybody else starts following their advice. And then the CEOs, you know, they preserve their golden parachute. They don't get fired. You know, they've got all these ways of protecting themselves in the best way to do it is to use the smokescreen of the bigger, more reputable companies. See, they lost, uh, you know, Goldman Sachs has lost, uh, how many jobs uh, down? Did I uh, they're, they're talking about between one and 5% of what they consider their low, low performers. So that's the Jack oh. Welsh thing where they lap off the bottom. <laughs> yeah. So across the board, you probably look for a range, a healthy range of somewhere between one to 10% of, you know, every business, small business, everyone out there just basically starting to lay things off. And it's not going to be industry specific. And that is the good news of that is that's going to reduce the inflation. Um, but that won't hit until it usually trails two to three quarters. So you aren't, you aren't going to see a real repair in inflation until third quarter of 2023. You're going to continue to see it hot. The money's there. People still can. And you also have to think about unemployment benefits. So a lot of these people uh, that leave this, uh, they're going to have a lot of free time. They're going to catch up on all their binge watching. Plus, they're going to get paid very comparably to what they're getting paid. And then we already told you what the real unemployment rate was last week. I think a lot of people are like, whoa, that, that, I got a several texts on that. And it was like, yeah, that's the real unemployment rate. It's not what it is. And then there's going to be a, a flock of people moving to red states. Any disagreement with that, Dowd? Uh, I'm looking at St. George, Utah more and more if you want a personal story. (laughs) It's beautiful out there. Nice people. You could, you could, you could do your show from, you could do the show from St. George, Utah. Find a nice Mormon girl, LDS girl. And, uh, you know, 
That's uh, very good. All right, let's uh, jump into it. Remember, commercial free uh, third hour here in the Kiva. Uh, Dowd uh, very quickly is going to run through the space. Uh, I guess there was a launch today or yesterday or what? What was? I don't even pay attention anymore. What's going on? Well, it's 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 funny you should say that, Eddie, because Blue Origin, our 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 competition in New Mexico. Remember, we're oh. partners with the uh, the failed tourism company, Virgin Galactic. Yep. Uh, uh, they had pretty much the you know one of the worst things that can happen. Basically, um, think of a uh, you know like a Roman candle, like a rocket, and then you have a little tiny little capsule on top. You light the rocket, and the capsule is supposed to go up into suborbital space, but something bad happens to the Roman candle. It starts to break apart. What Blue Origin has done, and, and other rocket systems have done, human human rocket systems, is if something happens to the booster as it rockets up, you know, hundreds of miles an hour up into the, uh, well, what, and Virgin Galactic doesn't go into space, even though they lie about it, but, but Blue Origin actually goes into space. Um little rockets at the bottom of the capsule shoot off. It, it, it sort of springs off to save the people in the capsule as something bad happens to the booster and it breaks up or it might explode. So basically you're pushed off these little, little rockets up in the atmosphere and then your capsule's fine. It's preserved. The, the parachutes come out and you float safely down to earth. And that is a life saving technology, basically. And, and many of NASA's systems, not the shuttle, which was a complete boondoggle and killed 14 people, but some of the previous NASA systems had a system like that, where if something happened to the booster, the capsule at the top just shoots off. So this morning in Texas, over in Van Horn, my old stomping grounds, when I stayed at the Holiday Inn Express one night several years ago, and Jeff Bezos the, the media people wouldn't let me come tour the facility. Big, big surprise. Um, they had an unmanned mission. So basically they had some payloads that they were sending on a suborbital trajectory. Sometimes there's uh, research, you know, scientists wanted to subject some substance to a, to suborbital microgravity for a few minutes. Uh, and then sometimes people are speculating about manufacturing processes that could happen in orbital space. So there is a market for suborbital space, non-manned missions so this mission was not did not have any crew members on it so nobody got hurt but the you know the worst happened the booster had what they call an anomaly in rocket science and rocket engineering and so the capsule fired off its little mini rockets popped off uh you know like screwing off the cap of a bottle or something the parachutes deployed the capsule came back to earth in van horn texas uh if people had been on that flight they would have pulled some serious G's, but they would not have died, uh, unlike Virgin Galactic, which um, has actually killed people in the air and on the ground. So basically, the worst happened to our competition today, but I call it at rockettalk.chat, where you can read the details, a successful failure, because the worst pretty much happened, but the emergency escape system worked really, really well. Um, that's something to be uh, uh, happy about, and, and I, no, I, you'd have to be a ghoul to want to take pleasure in somebody dying. Uh, it just is, I wouldn't be writing this probably if people were on board, but nobody was on board. There was never any risk uh, of any deaths. So yes, Blue Origin's going to have to look at, you know, they're going to have to examine every widget in that system and look at look at what went wrong but if you're thinking this is going to benefit spaceport america i'm just suggesting no um it's not going to benefit spaceport america because virgin galactic is so far behind even this setback for blue origin is probably not going to last very long jeff bezos has pretty much unlimited resources they have flown safely 22 times prior to this 
This particular booster is not the booster that they use on manned flights. It's a different booster. So that's an important point. Very few people have found out, but I, I confirmed that uh, this morning in, in my research. So that is uh, uh, some, these are considerations you need to think about if you think this is some great opportunity and New Mexico is going to finally grab its big share of the suborbital tourism market. Virgin Galactic got no stock boost today. No stock boost. And uh, on Friday, another big name, you know, these these gurus of Wall Street who do their recommendations about buy, sell, or hold, uh, he bailed on Virgin Galactic. So that has been really, really quite, quite bad. I believe that they started the day at $5.99 for the stock. They ended the day at $6.06, a whopping seven cent gain for Virgin Galactic on the very same day that its chief competition suffers you know what? What? What could be a significant setback? We'll we'll see moving forward. So, if you hear on other radio shows, on other blogs, that somehow this is one. No, of nobody even on the radio shows about this. Yeah, for for for, for Spaceport <laughs> America, uh, no. you know, the, if Kevin Robinson Avila writes something tomorrow about how this is going to yeah. really well position New Mexico to take advantage of suborbital space, there are ample reasons to uh, to not buy into that narrative, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Rock of Talk dot chat for my entire analysis and a picture of the little capsule flying away from its uh, its, its its flawed booster. I, I took a screen grab uh, from their video feed. Uh, this is not the salvation of Spaceport America. And if you hear it being pitched as the salvation of Spaceport America, it's another reason why you should subscribe at less than 20 cents a day, folks. All right. There you go. All right. Um, <laughs> I, could just, I could just, you know, at this point, you know, Mark Ronchetti was, I think, talking about space for all of about a day or two and not isn't really talking about it it's not moving the needle at all with voters um in fact this is such a big or should have been a big story for the government how it spends its money what it decides to do but it's such a it's become such an incredible nothing burger everywhere else it would make sense because you know half the population is either drunk or high and they have a tendency to like, oh, I don't even know. It. I've never been. I have no idea where it's at. And the problem that it becomes is that, you know, overall, the apathy down that people, you know, should see, okay, we spent $250 million and there's a, a Richard Branson and Shamath Palapatia, you know, cranked out $2 billion in the last year. But they just don't see that as they see grift as part of something that they do. You know, part of the reason why they're okay with it is because a lot of people are milking the government, you know, the dependence. Uh, and yep. that's just my quick analysis of it. Uh, it always has been. It's so moving into the culture here. <laughs> really is. You know, it's like, you know, they grab what uh, you can. I was talking to a guy last night and he was really good. And he said, um, yeah, their education only goes as far as whatever they need to do to fill out their uh, section eight and their, their basic uh, paperwork. Once they do that, it's basically better than a GED. It's better than any sort of way that they can actually you know, do for themselves. So once they know how to fill out that paperwork, if they're smart enough to do that and they basically do it and they vote the right way, which is Democrat, you know, we've got these, uh, you know, what's voting Democrat for the rest of their life. 550-55, do, the, do what the government tells you. All right, <clears throat> we're going to get into COVID here. Uh, I might spend, this might bleed until tomorrow. I got to tell you, let me tell you uh, something about this particular program today. I've been thinking a lot about the way the agenda has been set by the Albuquerque Journal, Channel 4, 7, and 13, that I think they're all in cahoots together as well as KKOB. And, it, and by that, I mean 
they decide what is priority to you and what I've done completely differently. I've talked about different things that you're not going to hear about on any of those programs. Okay. Because we're actually talking about things that matter when you're just talking about the next thing or something that happened. And sure, we're going to address some of those things when it, when it permits and as it's important, but the news is almost not even worth watching anymore, listening to or paying attention to. I think we could all pretty much agree with that. Is that, that, that's fair, right, Dowd? I mean, top to it's bottom. All just, it's just footnotes to a broader narrative, and, and, it, and it's going to ignore so much vital information that you need, folks. Couldn't agree more yeah. with Eddie. Yeah, and, I, and so what I've done is I said, okay, last week I got really upset because we had the news cycle out to the, to, and, I, and I get it. There's a couple of people who are critical. Like you had to cover it. I'm like, I had to cover it. I had to cover the queen passing. <clears throat> but we got into a good conversation with uh, Greg Zanetti, and I'm like, well, I got to reprioritize this stuff. Like at the end of last week, I was just burnt because it wasn't what I wanted to talk about. And if I didn't want to talk about it, it means that you didn't probably want to listen to it. That, that's my rule of thumb. If I'm not interested in it, I don't think that you're going to have an interest in it. I read things that I'm interested in genuinely. That's important to me. And I would probably use that as a new rule of thumb. Let's establish our own agenda. Let's do our own thing. Let's talk about the things that we know to be important. And then you can pass it around. You're getting something completely different, not a regurgitation. We don't even have to compete anymore, folks. We're in our own rare air. We do our own things, okay? Well, there's a couple of, Dow doesn't like it probably that I talk a lot, a lot of, about a few things. I'm not particularly crazy about space anymore. These are things that this is sort of where we're at. <clears throat> but the long and the short of it is these are things that should matter. And we tell you why they should matter. Okay. And you, it's up to you to go ahead and share and create different conversations out there on it. I was really very happy uh, to hear when I, you know, con conference with uh, Jaybird and Nad and, and, um, um, Dinah and, and Casey and McKay and, and talk about what they talked about. And they all talked about things that they were interested in, that they were genuinely interested in. They brought Coy Griffin on. Now, Coy is not the, the sharpest tool in the box by any stretch of the imagination. You don't walk into court without an attorney. You don't do like that. You just don't do these types of things. Okay. You don't, you, you don't go to, uh, go to, go to court, Eddie, with a, a consultation from your friend who is not a lawyer, but gives you legal advice, but you don't know your friend's last name. That's, that's what I learned on Saturday. Wow. Yeah. It's pretty <laughs> incredible. Um, so, but they had him on and that's important. And that, that's something you heard that no one else is going to cover it that way. And I was like, Whoa, yep. that's, that's a value add. We get to hear from Coy in his own words after being splattered all over the paper. Now I didn't get a chance to go ahead and go listen. And I don't know that I will, because um, I can only imagine what, what Coy is going to talk about, but you know, here's a guy, in my opinion, who's fought as hard as he could in spite of himself and I think has, you know, made some in, inroads and some progress. And certainly if this was a truly fair election, you know, I think he would have made some, he, he, he definitely made some waves in Rotero County, questioning what was going in the ballot box, was able to confer, but they had to work as hard as they possibly could to pry him out of there. And unfortunately, he took a trip to Washington, D.C., Otherwise, I think he would still be sitting in his county commissioner's box. So can you be uh, an activist at the very same time that you're an elected official? Sort of takes the power out of becoming an elected official, doesn't it? Why would you need to become an activist, right? That's uh, how different is Coy Griffin than Ilan Omar or uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez? I dare you to disagree with me on this. 
those women are certifiably crazy. Well, on our side, you could say Coy Griffin is certifiably crazy. Okay. As hard as he's fighting, he's for the poor causa and all, you know, all that kind of stuff. That doesn't matter anymore because he's no longer an elected official. Would he have rather stayed an elected official or he'd rather gone to uh, Washington, D.C.? I think he'd rather have stayed an elected official. So now he's barred from holding office ever again in the state of New Mexico. And, you know, that's why you got to <clears throat> sort of like um, like dating or, you know, in a competition or anything. You got to know like what if you're playing single A ball or you're in the major leagues, you got to know where you're at, you know. <laughs> Like, whatever you're at, you have to be able to assess your situation. And that's where you're supposed to be playing. And Coy got way beyond himself, way, way beyond himself on all of that. And um, unfortunately, it did not work out for him. All right. Let's, well, Eddie, uh, let me stop you there because you made a great point and, and it should not go uh, fade away. And this is something I've been really thinking about the last couple of weeks as they've been going after, you know, Trumpites and, uh, oh my God, since January 6th and holding these people in, in detention who probably never had much of a criminal record to begin with and may end up getting convicted of trespassing like, like Coy Griffin. There are some kooks on the right. There's some kook libertarians. There's some kook conservatives. There's some clueless actors. There's even a few bad actors. The differences between these two broad, if you want to say red and blue categories is People like Ilhan Omar, people like uh, Elizabeth Warren, who said people kept coming up to me and saying, if you had a bleep, I, I would vote for you. They're in the senior leadership positions. They're not being marginalized and deplatformed uh, and voted out of office and you know legal, legal, legal repercussions for the things they do. Those are the people in very senior positions in kooky, progressive America. So uh, you, you can't really draw some kind of moral equivalency or, or status equivalency here. Their nutcases are in charge, okay? <laughs> that is a key distinction, all right? They're in, you know, Beto O'Rourke just keeps running for office. He might actually win someday. Uh, you know, Kamala Harris- He might, he, they, he might be the next governor of Texas, to be quite honest. It could be that uh, Kamala Harris is one stroke away from having her finger on the nuclear button. Okay, so yeah, I, I think you know when I listened to the full interview and I think Casey did a great great job with the show. That was the first time I'd I'd heard the the FFU uh, program because I think it had aired earlier on our weekends and I'm never up early. But uh, I did I listened to the whole thing with with Coy and I I don't think he should have started off by saying I lost my health care and my income. That that's you know. That, that probably wasn't helpful either, but the guy deserved a, a hearing, and, he, and you heard it on this network that you never would have heard in any other media outlet. But um, the demonization of Coy Griffin versus the elevation of nutcases who believe, you know, AOC, the world's going to end in nine years. Uh, Elizabeth Warren, something about genitalia and her, her electoral success. Um, there is quite a contrast there. It is a, str a striking contrast there. Uh, and I think, Eddie, you just shouldn't, that you, you made a key point. And I've been thinking about that for the last few weeks. They're marginalized people. They're full mooners, as Jack Germond used to say. They're screechers and screamers and kooks. Uh, they don't get marginalized. They don't get prosecuted. They go to the top of the power structure in our country. Uh, and it's something, folks, we all should really think about that contrast. Yeah, uh, I think we need to uh, pick our fights a little bit better. Um, you know, this whole hero, me against the world, uh, Sisyphean sort of attempt to try and overtake something. You're just end up rolling that stone up and down that hill all day long. Uh, I just looked up the Texas governor polling 11th through the 29th, 1,312 voters, 49-42 within seven. Um, and that is out of the University of Houston Hobby School of Public Affairs. So in my opinion, it's closer than 
than they would like. Um, with uh, thirteen twelve, I think the margin of error on thirteen twelve. I don't know my. I don't remember my econometrics, but I think that's a plus or minus two and a half for a sample size. I think that's about right. So that, there, yeah. yeah, that puts you up at uh, forty four and a half, and it puts Abbott down at uh, forty six and a half. So forty four and a half, forty six and a half. So anytime you're within seven um, with that margin of error that's being sampled, uh, folks, uh, not good. In fact, when you look at the June 15th to the 24th, out of something called Perry Undem for the state of Governor uh, Texas, uh, Governor Polls, uh, O'Rourke was at 43.47. That's a plus or minus of one and a half. So there, that's exactly where we're at. So you're at uh, 46 and a half, 44. I think this is... Uh, basically going to be a toss-up going into october hate to say it but uh texas it is. folks texas texas does anybody know that you know democrats own texas forever oh, has, anybody, has anyone ever looked at the the list of the governors for the history of the state of texas like all but four i think have been uh, correct me if i'm wrong Bush, uh, Abbott, uh, Perry, and um, I think they had one more Republican governor. Every other, every one since the very beginning has been a Democrat. Am I, am I incorrect in saying that? Uh, I, think- I, I just off the top of my head, Eddie, I'm looking at the the four FDR elections. I'm running through Wikipedia right now. Yeah, yeah. Texas went for FDR four out of four times, ladies and gentlemen. Right. Uh, Lyndon Baines Johnson, Ralph Yarborough. There you go. Uh, you know, Bingo. these were the senators out of there. Oh, I mean, there and, and that's why I always think a state cannot. You know, you can't ever really completely rule out changing a state because Texas used to be blue. Idaho was the hotbed of socialist unionization in the mines up, up until like the 1920s, 1930s. I mean, states, uh, you can change the culture of a state. You can't do it overnight, but you can make a change. Yeah. Oh, Eddie, you're absolutely right. Texas was dem- solid South Democrat yeah, for decades one. and decades and decades. Yeah. yeah. And then so I don't. So that whole thing got flipped and. Yeah, you said the South. That's where the whole racist thing started coming in. Don't mess with Texas. You know, yeah, those were all down home Southerners who were all Democrats, racist Democrats. But that whole thing got flipped because they knew how to control the culture, the stuff that was coming and beaming through your TV, folks. Uh, does anybody remember George Wallace? I mean, Wallace, does anybody think about these types of things? Nobody thinks about it. Hubert these. Humphrey won Texas in 1968. There you go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't that long ago <laughs> and they killed their own uh i i think up at the, t- the point where jfk was killed i think there had only been democrats that were is that correct i, I think, think there so. was a, yeah, yeah 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 only democrats as governor so there you go so just to think that you you think it can't happen trust me it could very very much happen all right covid <clears throat> U.S. life expectancy dropped sharply, the second consecutive decline. Uh, Sheridan wrote, Kate Sheridan wrote about this. I posted this. This is in Stat News. A very, very good little website um, that I will, you know, stumble upon here and there, which I like. It's a little left of center, but it is good. Uh, Americans born in 2021 can only expect to live for just 76.1 years. According to a new government analysis published last week, the biggest two-year decline, 2.7 years in total in almost 100 years, folks. We're moving backwards, backwards. What's really interesting uh, that time? Yeah, Uh, also during that time, uh, for two of those four years that were sampled, 
a Democrat was president, and that would be, of course, Joe Biden. And it actually accelerated. Uh, by the way, if you're uh, an ethnic minority, like American Indian or Alaskan Native, uh, your life expectancy dropped dramatically from 71.8 to 65.2 years, folks. They saw a 6.6 year decline over two years. <clears throat> Can you say socialist experiment? That's right. That's what the government ran on the Native American populations uh, during COVID. Eddie, this uh, the CDC guy says he called it a ridiculous decline when it came to Native Americans, 6.6 years. I asked my staff to rerun the numbers for me because I didn't believe it when I saw it. Yeah, yeah. And and let's not remember where the first vaccine started going, where the first uh, population control started going, where the overmasking started going, all went to where? The reservations, the Native American population. And uh, Michelle Lujan Grisham was... Very happy to go ahead and run that. Uh, this this stuff is not this. Joe Monahan's not going to be writing about this. Just uh, FYI, <laughs> Americans saw steadily rising life expectancy for decades. Efforts to reduce smoking contributed to this increase from the 1990s to the 2000s because fewer people were dying of related conditions. Now they want you smoking pot, which is actually incredibly worse for your lungs. Uh, just can't, FYI, can't be good for you. Uh, yeah. for you. <laughs> American mortality data has been collected at least since 1900. Not every demographic group saw the same changes. Researchers found that Asian Americans have the highest life expectancy of any group, 83.5 years. Danielson! <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't help it. We did watch Karate, too, uh, Karate Kid too. My kids just thought, uh, watched that yesterday. In addition to the uh, legend of Ricky Bobby, which, you know, I want to go fast. Uh, black Americans lost 0.7 years between 2020 and 2021. I'm sure that was uh, Donald Trump's fault. No, can't be. He wasn't in, in office. Uh, American Indian, Native Americans saw the largest life expectancy of all, 1.9 years less than 2020's life expectancy and 6.6 years less than 2019's. They also had the lowest life expectancy amongst all the groups studied. Um, the actuary is going to get a hold of this, folks. Uh, just uh, let you know, it's not going to not going to go very well once they start underlying that. And what's leading that? Well, guess what they're punching in, as Mark Stein talked about. Remember, that was so awesome. I almost feel like we should play it again. The actuaries are now plugging in whether or not you're boosted. And guess what? If you are boosted in vax, did you know that your insurance rates are higher? <laughs> could have saved a lot. We could have saved 50% by switching to Geico. You can't do that anymore. Not going to work. COVID-19 booster shots targeting Omicron authorized, likely to be authored soon. Hey, it's such a good idea before. Let's do it again. U.S. health regulators last week cleared the use of retooled COVID-19 vaccines that target the latest version of Omicron in preparation for the fall booster campaign. Listen to that. They want it to be annualized. Okay. Annualized fall booster campaign. Oh, campaign is, is appropriate because they are waging war on Americans. Yes, they're not even trying to apologize for it. They're they're putting it. They're inserting it. We got the new, our new campaign, uh, new boosters, uh, Pfizer, BioNTech. The action by the FDA permits people twelve. Hey, hey, you're lucky. You're twelve, twelve years and older to receive an additional shot of vaccine from Pfizer and BioNTech. And people 18 and older to receive Moderna. Remember, M-O-D-R-N-A, right? Modifying your RNA at least two months after their most recent dose. The clearance marks the first changes to the composition of the COVID-19 vaccine since their distribution began in December 2020. <laughs> Hooray, everybody. 
<laughs> and you're dead. Maybe this version will work. <laughs> yep you uh, you you don't even have to actually be a, a, a full blooded Native American. You don't have to be on the reservation out there. You could literally become your own guinea pig. I mean, the government's you know running its own uh, guinea pig tests on uh, every Native American out there. We're getting vaxxed and boosted and maxed. Alex Berenson. Boy, he's just a part of, he's just all a part of the, uh, it shouldn't be unreported truth. Dowd, I think you should, uh, you should uh, write uh, inconvenient truth and make that your Dowd at Muska. Okay. Um, Yeah, just run with it. I'll take 30%. More frightening news about fertility and the mRNA shots, this time from Singapore. Singapore knows how to make its people behave. The Asian city-state is famously uptight, punishes criminals with caning, and has prohibited chewing gum since 1992. Is that true? That's hilarious. Do not, under any circumstances, deal drugs in Singapore. A 41-year-old man was sentenced to death after being caught with two pounds of cannabis in 2018. It's like going to Singapore sounds kind of like my kind of... We need (laughs) my kind of place right now for the idiots here in New Mexico. So it told its 6 million residents to be vaccinated against COVID. It had a very high compliance rate. Here's, here's the numbers, folks. As the chart below shows, in a few weeks, in June and July, nearly every Singapore, in 21, every Singaporean adult between 20 to 39, childbearing age, received the first COVID vaccine jab. Here you go. Primary series vaccination take up by age group. Here's what it looks like. Basically, 100% for every single person with the exception of 5 to 11. Well, <clears throat> Singapore is suffering from a uh, severe baby bus. 98-plus percent of all jabs have been taken in Singapore. They were the mRNA from Pfizer or Moderna. Their birth rate is now 1.2, one of the lowest in the world. The low birth rate was, it remained stable for a decade, he says. Even COVID did not meaningfully change the number of births until they all started getting vaxxed. The first two months of 2022, Singapore received welcome news. Births actually rose to about 7.5%. Why? Because they're finally thinking that they didn't want to go ahead and get the vax anymore. The increase in births abruptly reversed. In March and June, the most recent month for which the figures are available, Singaporeans had recorded about 1,000 fewer live births compared to 2021. The drop has been consistent each and every month. A 16% shift in birth rates for tra- practically overnight, to say the least, is highly unusual in COVID itself, or long COVID or whatever COVID might be, he writes, cannot be blamed. Singapore had essentially no COVID until fall of 2021, well after the mass vaccinations were complete, but that's another story. Uh, more inconvenient uh, uh, data that is here, but people are going to continue to go ahead and take the vaccination. So our listeners will not because that's not what they do. We're, we're forcefully uncompliant, right? <laughs> Eddie Aragon told us not to take it. He had a town hall in Pat Davis's warehouse. <laughs> that was funny. So the FDA just approved the COVID-19 vaccines that have BA.5 in their crosshairs. I don't even know what that is. It doesn't matter, and who cares? <coughs> so, that's my COVID cough, uh, just so you know. I'll just do that for uh, impact. 
Oh, Eddie, they're subvariants of the Omicron variant. Yes, right. BA4, BA4. They're the latest scariants, as my sister would say. Yeah, and I just, oh, wow, that's interesting. What's what's Scotland doing these days up there? Are they still on lockdown? I think it's slightly better. <laughs> but, you know, I think Scotland is the same as New Mexico. <laughs> Folks, we're we're not that far from October, getting into November. Those numbers might start ticking up, and you know who might start locking down again. Mm, after she gets elected, of course, because we're going to go in and we're going to make sure that if you we're going to quarantine you and if we pull back all the energy you can't travel anyway so we're going to force you to stay home fortunately i work in my home so i'm uh, pretty good to go <laughs> all right new covid 19 boosters um totally tested not no. there uh no human trials were completed for the uh, latest edition here folks so they're celebrating it the next campaign doesn't have any trials that's correct it just pushing it out they think it's just better and they don't have to try it on anything yeah you're the guinea pigs folks you take the vax you take the boosters you are the guinea pigs real world evidence from the current mrna covid 19 vaccines which have been administered to millions of individuals show us that the vaccines are safe they write as we know from prior experience strain changes can be made without affecting safely the typical process for granting an eua an emergency youth authorization to a new vaccine involves a meeting of the vaccines related biological products advisory committee the FDA's group outside of expert outside experts that examines research and evidence pertaining to the vaccine safety and efficacy. The panel votes on whether to grant the EUA and under what circumstances to grant it and passes that recommendation on to the FDA commissioner for final ruling. So they did this or did they, right? Um, they're looking at data and they did it all without delivering any of that. So what's really interesting here, okay, and Epic Times starts to write this because we've already talked about Singapore and what's happening there. <clears throat> this is according to a CDC, CDC survey. So it's a survey, all right? So again, this, this is erroneous information, but in certain ways it can be trusted even more, okay? So it, 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 it's not actual data, it's a survey. So everyone needs to understand the difference with that. This is an actual, this is based upon questioning, and I think that that in some ways is so much better than the data. Okay, because now you're trusting people's guts. More than 55% of children ranging in age between six months to two years had systemic reactions after their first dose of the Fire, BioNTech, Moderna, COVID-19 vaccines. Remember, those are the last ones to be approved. That's according to the CDC released on September 1. 60% had a reaction on the second dose of Moderna vaccine in the CDC survey of more than, get this, 13,000 children. It collected the data through a program called vSafe, a smartphone-based monitoring system that operates through an app that parents download to their phones. Trust the parents. I think that's fine. Okay, that's really, I think we can trust their, the parents as long as they're not high on pot all the time or drinking all the time. Parents of 8,338 children ages six months to two years who received the Moderna vaccine reported information through vSafe, 55.7% reporting a systemic reaction after their first dose, dose and about 58% after their second dose. For the Pfizer, parents of 4,749 children aged six months to two years submitted reports showing that 55.8% had systemic reactions after the first dose and 47 after the second dose of the vaccine. Well, the health, health impacts, uh, you'll need to subscribe to go ahead and uh, get connected to, to that information. We'll put all that. Uh, we don't need to go into that because we've already suggested to you and told you uh, this is bad. We don't need to see any of this stuff. Anyway, so here's what's happening. Also from Epic Times. 
Several embalmers across the country have been observing many large and sometimes very long fibrous and rubbery clots inside corpses they have treated and are speaking about uh, out about the fi- finding. Mike Adams, who runs ISO 17025 accredited lab in Texas, analyzed clots in August and found them to be lacking iron, potassium, magnesium, and zinc. They inductively coupled plasma mass spectrometry, triple quadruple mass spectrometer, and liquid chromatography mass spectrometry, usually testing food for metals, pesticides, and glyphosate. We have tested one of the clots from the embalmer, uh, Richard Hirschman by ICP, also tested side-by-side live human blood from unvaccinated people, they told the Epic Times. He found that the clots are lacking key elements present in healthy human blood, such as iron, potassium, magnesium, suggesting that they are formed from something other than blood. Adams is joining in his forces with doctors and plan to invest out of their own pocket and equipment in order to further determine whether or not the composition and probable causation. We don't have to question. We know where this is coming from. If it's unexplained, the one explanation using the KISS principle, right? Keep it simple, stupid, or Occam's razor is the one thing that everyone has been taking, which is the vaccination. The string, and this is a disgusting picture of it. Fibrous clots found in corpses. Did you see those disgusting? It looks like octopus. That's what's in your body, potentially, folks. In your clots. Remember you're clotting up? It looks like, it literally looks like octopus. Richard uh, Hirschman, a licensed funeral director in Balmer in Alabama, recalled that he has been the trade since the tragedy of 9-11. Prior to 21, we probably would see somewhere between 5 to 10% of the bodies that we would involve having blood clots. We are familiar with what blood clots are. We've had to deal with them. He says now, get ready, folks. 50 to 70% of the bodies that he sees have clots. For me to embalm a body without any clots, kind of like how it was in the day, part of all this stuff is rare. The exception is a balm of body without clots. There it is. Whew. And he has the clot analysis uh, that is there. Doubt? I know you're shaking your head. No, I mean, it seems to me a wonderful jumping off point to study this if it's real. But who would you trust to study this? Would you trust the federal government to study this? They have a narrative they're never going to veer from. Um, maybe some rich, you know, guy could spread around some money and hire some credible people to go around and conduct an, a study. Cause I, I wouldn't trust the government to do it. Uh, and before we let the vaccine, this quote unquote vaccine fade, Eddie, I just looked up because I hadn't, I, I, I'd been away for a week and I just hadn't looked at these numbers in weeks. Percentage of parents who have vaccinated their children under the age of five. This is Gallup, a huge polling organization, okay? 14%. Are you telling me that 86% of parents with children five and under hate their kids and want them to die? This is a revolution. This country is run by Karens, okay? (laughs) And and psychopaths, and only 14% of parents with five and under are getting their kids vaccinated, it's almost like a good chunk of the population doesn't believe them anymore, folks. We're we're tired of believing them because they've been wrong so many times. We'll pick it up tomorrow with COVID lockdowns, the reality of the data, which is uh, very important. Good for the parents. And then we'll also address uh, social media. Your top five is brought to you every morning. Uh, uh, you chosen by the readers. D-Dowd Muska's got your top five. Go ahead, Dad. Uh, indeed, and I'd like to thank the subscribers, Eddie. Uh, we are at record revenue. The our 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 online website adjusts the money, and they pro- 
project like annualized gross revenue. We just hit a record two days ago for annualized gross revenue. The only way we do that is by selling subscriptions. And I'm very grateful to, to everyone, particularly the people in the last couple of weeks who've come on. Uh, number one, your vote for uh, what was most interesting in your daily email today. National Review, huge, lengthy, dense piece on how the Biden administration is working with big tech to engage in censorship. It's not direct censorship in the sense that government is cutting you off, but if government's working with the private sector to cut you off, it's de facto censorship. Uh, number two, New York Post's uh, Senator Claire McCaskill, former senator, Democrats in positions of power are two quote unquote ancient old people, like maybe the guy at the top of the ticket there. Uh, number three, Fox News reporting on uh, the Washington Post, a ridiculous comment on their editorial page. Americans are finally coming around on inflation. They're feeling better about coping with inflation. Uh, speak for yourself, Washington Post. I resent the hell out of it. Uh, number four, uh, the absolute peak of hurricane season should be happening right now if the world's coming to an end with global warming. This is the peak traditional hurricane season. Hurricane season, uh, it's all quiet out there. There's there's nothing going on down there in the South Atlantic. F funny, you won't you won't see that in the news either. And finally, uh, number five, Chris Christie speaking up on behalf of the DOJ. They had to do what they do did to go raid Mar-a-Lago. Uh, Chris Christie coming through again uh, for the uh, the conservative community. And uh, that was a guy who ran for president. A real on a rhino. Ticket a one time. Real yeah. rhino. There he is. A big, big fat rhino. Um, by the way, uh, Todd Starnes did something, and you know I'm a, a friend of Todd. Um, he's a good man. I would, I would tell you that. Concerned black students call on Duke to address hazing in black sororities and fraternities. That was in 2017. Now there was uh, this was uh, I don't know if you've seen this. By the way, um, Trump was in, I guess. Dulles, or he's not doing anything. He was just at his golf course, as far as I know, the stuff that was uh, happening. Where's this at? We're going to address this. To there he goes. Listen to this. The following is a transcript from Todd's morning commentary heard on hundreds of radio stations. Duke volleyball player Rachel Richardson made a scandalous accusation against Brigham Young University. She says that she was heckled by fans, said they called her racist slurs. She went on to write about it, and uh, you can follow her more than a volleyball player at R-A-C-H-R-I-C-H-O-3. She should be probably removed uh, from Duke University. Um, she basically claimed that the people at BYU were calling her racial slurs. The school investigated, interviewing security officers and fans, more than 50 people in all. They reviewed video and audio. And to their surprise, when it turned out, Miss Richardson's accusations could not be corroborated. In modern vernacular, she lied. Or maybe that was just her truth, much like Bubba Wallace and the news that turned out to be the garage door handler. So there you go, folks. We'll see you bright and early tomorrow, 4 p.m. here in the Kiva. Liam 600KIVABQ.FM, rockoftalk.com. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. See you on a Tuesday.